think we're live. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're live. Coop, how you doing, brother? Well, you know, less than highly favored. I hear that. Love I hear that. Mm-hmm. Let me get the volume up a little bit. You hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Can okay. you not hear me well? Do I need to? No, step no, no. Up I think bit? I didn't have a volume set where I normally have it set. So yeah, you're good. Okay. You're okay. good. We'll welcome everybody into the room. I don't know if everybody got their alerts yet. But uh, we're going to talk about some new music and we're going to talk about some classic music today, too, and kind of talk about some of the concerns that people, you know, have been putting in our comment section or, you know, or whatnot. But, yes, I'm finally seeing people come in. Salute, salute. What up, everybody in the room? What up to everybody in the room? Did you hear? Huh. I know it was three songs that we were going to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, did you hear the DJ drama song, first of all? Mm-hmm. With uh Benny, Fab, who else was on there? I'm bugging off top. Uh Benny, Fab Jones. Jones, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? It's like okay, it was one of those things I wasn't overly impressed, but it's like, no, 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 you gotta do that. Like yeah. for everybody that's respectively involved, it's a good look for you to to, to do that. I'm thinking about New York summertime too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're gonna ride to that. Like, like streets in New York is gonna be hot about that. It's like, oh, Fab, Jim, Benny. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I works love the all, fact that, that works for all parties involved. I would say so. Not like overly impressed, but it's a solid joint. And you know, they all do their thing on there. They all bring what it is that they uh, respectively bring to the table, to the game, to the table on the record so no real qualms about it per se peace to everybody in the room we appreciate y'all yeah get them thumbs up we got a lot to talk about today we're gonna we're gonna talk our hip-hop shit today but yeah i um i love the fact that benny has been brought into the fold um of like these i don't want to say these mainstream new york collabos but you know they used to kind of leave griselda out because those guys are in buffalo and it was like when we see these collaborations it was mostly on their stuff as opposed mm-hmm. to other people's stuff. And it's cool yeah. to see that. Um, and I hope it continues on. Um, well. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I hope it continues on. We got TJ in the building. Um, you know, everybody's unblocked this episode. You know, went back and uh, made those necessary changes. Um, so, no, it's oh. good to see everybody get into the fold, especially with New York hip-hop. I I know we did a, we were talking a little bit on a previous episode and we were just talking about where New York hip hop is currently and, mm-hmm. um, and where it's going. And it's like, again, it's like, you kind of got the older guard of New York hip hop. You got like the middle school and you got, you know, what the younger cats are doing. We're going to talk about Joey Badass and the record that he put out today too. Mm-hmm. Another static selector track. I think we're going to get some really good things from that. But I think that when you think about New York hip hop, it's very diverse. It's about as diverse as hip hop is right now, period. You know what I mean? It is. There's a lot of sex in New York hip hop. That's why I was telling you. It's like, well, I don't think it's fair for us to really qualify it from down here in Atlanta with there being even like the whole drill thing. Yeah. And then Zelda upstate. And I'm pretty. And then you have people like Sky Zoo. We're yeah. still like holding down kind of like a classic New York sound. And then you have the influence of like what I would say is like the native tongues, even on something like Lupe and Kendrick's albums, you know? Well, yeah. And so I was, like, I was going to say, reach. 
I was going to take it to somebody who is from New York, from the Bronx, uh, Mickey Fax, you know, and his approach, which is, you know, uh, I mean, it's all over the place because he's a real diverse artist, but you could put him in that Lupe chamber, right? I was about to say, well, um, he does work with Lupe, so yeah. you know that that, that 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 fits perfectly into the uh, vein of uh, kind of what I'm speaking to. You know what I mean? I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we need to get uh, Jar from Rap Roundtable on here and, and kind of talk about where New York hip-hop is, because I know they do a lot of uh, dope interviews with hip-hop artists at the Rap Roundtable and just mm-hmm. kind of get some insight like from the ground and see what that looks like, because you know, from the outside looking in, it really doesn't have a sound anymore. Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it not having like a you know a particular wave that you could ride. The point for me has always been quality music. You know, what I mean, I stress that over and over again. So that was a. I think Dipset got that whole ball rolling uh, when it comes to branching out and not really being the quote unquote New York sound and kind of taking on. <laughs> other sounds specifically the down south sound and then i think that you know the asap uh mob just kind of knocked that door all the way down they did agility yeah dipset was the one that bought the agility to it there's like no 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 we, we can get flying them down south records we can we can get gangsta on the west coast records. i think both people benefited but yeah i forgot about the west coast thing the south benefited yeah. from how diplomats opened up their doors like crown me was what's big the, for ti and, uh, and and the jewel santana and uh wayne mix that was yeah. big for wayne what's the uh i was actually thinking what's the schoolboy and jones joint i think alchemist produced it yeah what's the name remember you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like dipset was everywhere with it they was like no 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 we get down with everybody mm. you know yeah, uh, but yeah, so I do want to go to that Joey Badass record. Did you hear that? I did. We're talking about three New York artists today, too, and all three of them are so different, because I didn't even think about Cardi B being New York, too, but yeah, that's New York, too. What did you think about the uh, Joey record? Um, I think you were more excited about it than I was. Really? Yeah, I liked it, but I didn't like it. I didn't love it. I'm like I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. Like when you shared your excitement about it, you got me kind of excited because I don't know, sometimes these days I feel like you can be even more difficult than I can be. And <laughs> we have our days. Right. And so like when you you know, I've been equally excited as you have been about the about the Joey Badass, but it's like didn't lose me because I'm still super excited for the album and I yeah. still think it's gonna be dope, but not as dope, you know? Mm. What do you feel like it was lacking? I don't know. Maybe I need to hear it again. You know, yeah. sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not you. It's Maybe me. it's just not a record that you put out on its own without the rest of the body of work accompanying it. I was kind of feeling that way. Yeah. I was kind of feeling like, you know, some songs stand so much better within the framework of an album than standing, you know, in these isolated situations. And, and, and that's how I felt about it. Cause I still enjoyed the record. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about the song. It just didn't, you know, I think you and I have some like like sneaking uh, album of the year type of suspicions for the Joey Badass, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah, we do. So this didn't hit that, I guess, underlying expectation that you and I have been talking about behind the scenes is really what I'm trying to express. Joey That's not just, the record. That's what I'm saying. Joey just sounds so comfortable right now. Like Now he does. Now that he does. He yeah. sounds like so comfortable in his skin, like a, you know, like an MC in his prime. Like when you hear, you know, really dope to great MCs at their best. And that's what he sounds like right now. Like nothing's forced. He's just having fun with it and it's just coming out and i like the combination with him and static selector but i will say this though and this might be some of what you're feeling i don't want to put words in your mouth but static selector can kind of be i don't want to say one-dimensional but he can be he could put himself in a box uh production wise the diversity is not really there he can be a little no id-ish east Uh, coast what, I'm looking for my notes. Hold on one second. Where in the heck are my notes? You take all the time. You I know need. where it's at. I know where it's at. I'll get it in a second. But yeah. Okay. Um, what do you so think, I said, what, what's what with the... about that, that, that whole, um, the very no idea-ish sometimes. It's like, yeah. you know, like sometimes, you know, here's where it works is, is that uh, Joey is very... He's remarkably actually insightful and conversational. I don't think he gets enough credit for that with his flow. When you're talking yeah. about him feeling comfortable, it's because he's insightful and observational when he's flowing. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you're speaking to when you're talking about his comfort level on the mic. And I think Static Select is a classic hip hop dropbacks give him the space and the canvas to do those things. Yeah. But sometimes is what happens with black thought records is it's like, well, the record doesn't move. The way that you sometimes want it to move because of that. I think we're in a time where everybody's finding their guy. And I feel like, um, you know, Joey has found his guy in Static Selector. And it's funny, you and I were talking about Finding Forever with Common. And, you know, I wish the album would have started off with the people, you know. And I love that whole line where Common's like, I found the new Primo. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, how we Isn't do, it the second song, though, Mike? It is the second song, but I think no, it should. It I love started. Start the Show, man. You like the Start show? the Show like that? I really don't love Start the Show like that. Okay, so that's what I was just telling you. When I went back and listened to it the other day, mm-hmm. he's rapping, rapping on there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, it's not... It's not that... Um, <clears throat> it's not the common happy-go-lucky MC sometimes that he does. It's where he's rapping to make a point and it's like you have to understand that this is still you know this is still chicago's number one guy it is you know what i'm saying and this is him in his glory in his moment so he's starting off the album rapping like that ladies and gentlemen it's c-o-double-m-o-n you know what i'm saying like like he's like yeah i'm ready you know what i'm saying no, nah, he was on his, uh, and I'm sure that that was the energy they was going for. Mad Max the Super on the hook. You don't like Yay on the hook? I do. I do. Of the cold, cold. It doesn't sound as much like an intro like the people does for me. Uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, my son Joey is a gem. Common, he about to drop the best album of the year. He said, I'm sorry, he said my son Joey is my generation's Common. He's about to drop the on, best album of the year. That is he this generation's comment? That's interesting. I've never heard that take. I've never heard that take either. I was going to ask you. <laughs> well, yeah, I've never heard that. Okay. But yeah, uh, I, I do expect really big things with this Joey project again. He's found his guy. He's a static selector. I do agree with you. There is some no ID in, in the static selector 
preparing when you talk about doing a whole project. And I know a lot of people don't really say this, but and we, we kind of talked about this when we were talking about the Dreamer Believer and we were talking about 444 offline. When No ID does a whole album, there's a tendency for it to be consistent, but could get boring production-wise. And so I think that there's... I could see that possibly happen with Static. And I think Static's underrated. I think Static's dope. Actually, when we got off the phone, I actually thought to myself, and listen to what I'm about to say, he may have done this to Common twice, actually. Because when I go back and I listen to Common, the guy who was Common Sense on Resurrection, Mm -hmm. what would you say is the bigger issue with Resurrection? Is it the beats or is it the rhymes? That's definitely the beats. Okay. And no, man, man, we're not hating on Common. We're not it, hating on Common. We're just critiquing like we do everybody else. You know what? When it comes we're to certain to people... glowingly of Common momentarily. Yeah. You um, know, <laughs> when we speak of certain people, man, we people in the culture act like certain folks are beyond critique. We even critique Nas. And this is a quote-unquote Nas channel. Allegedly. Man... There was this list that got made of like 15 duds by your favorite rapper, and Nostradamus popped up, and I was like, Yes, and it stands. Here we go. You know, yeah, we're we're honest and fair about everything. We're actually critiquing No ID's production right now, actually. Exactly. And, you know, and I think that let's just be perfectly honest, and I'm not trying to slight anybody with just being real, real. There's nobody that's going to sit here and tell you No ID is a top 10 hip hop producer. Not but that, he's but working here's what with, I was actually about but to he's say. making full albums for top 10 talents. So how does that work out, right? Well, so who's going to be to blame? No, you're absolutely right. He's, yeah. he's working with top 10 talents, and he's not a top 10 producer. But what I tell you is that Common switched his whole style up to work with other producers when it really wasn't working with No ID, because although we, uh, we revere and we revel uh, Resurrection, and one day it'll all make sense. The public wasn't. The yeah. critics weren't necessarily either. Both of those albums, when they came out, was like, oh, they're cool. He you was underrated. Why? More because of the production, as we yeah. see later. Because when Dilla jumps in the fold, we get the light. Well, that's what I mean. As soon as the switch up happens, well, the switch up is like water for chocolate. Well, who's yeah. producing like water for chocolate? Well, it's. And then the record you were talking about the other day, 199. That's high tech. That's high tech. I mean, yeah. it is what it is, man. Right. And the reason why we revere I used to love is because of, of the concept. And, you know, it being a concept record. I didn't know back in the day who produced that. I didn't care. I'm not, I mean, I'm just being honest. No, well, that's the thing about it. Even some of my favorite common stuff, like you, uh, you know, like um, real nigga quotes off one day, mm-hmm. it all makes sense. Hungry. Hungry. You know how yeah. I feel about hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Mad uh Mad Max of the like Super Chat. Rhyme wise, you arrest Haven. Mm. <laughs> Mad Max of the Super Chat says, he's this generation's common, they got the same style, Nas like, but with more punchlines and their content is the same. Joey has greater po- personality than common though. You know the guy that I thought could have been something I don't different. I agree with any of that. <laughs> You know, I was big on Absol, and I still am big on Absol. Well, no. yeah. And I don't really know who Absol could have been 
in this. He's just kind of like this generation, though the previous generation now, I guess you could say. He's kind of like a one-on-one, one-of-one of that. He Didn't he kind of like West Coast Cuddy? Cuddy West. I couldn't say that. I love the conspiracy theory rhymes. I'm trying to see who to compare that to. Oh, nobody. I don't know. Like, I mean, well, I mean, in order. I mean, he would say stuff like, you know, read, have to read to come up with conspiracy theories. (laughs) He would say stuff like, "My president is black. My grandpa glad they passed that gun law. Now, nigga, still gonna pop up dead." (laughs) <laughs> that's the stuff yeah that nobody said. like that walking around <laughs> nobody like that walking around he was my favorite from TDE man he was my favorite <laughs> from the black hippies and everything I knew that Kendrick had all the you know skill sets and on the technical level but as far as like what he was doing I loved Absol's approach you know I told you you know you know how I feel about Q I was playing Lord Have Mercy today preacher told me don't sit trip on a Sunday is oh, Abso uh, the Lupe, maybe? Possibly. Possibly. I could see that. I, I can see, see some that. of that. Yeah. He's just not, I mean, see, that's what I'm saying. But, but so he's not skill-wise with Lupe. When you're talking about Lupe, like, lyrically speaking, it's like, well, not really too many guys you can compare. It's a little, it's a little Lupe and Easy e mixture going on, where it's like right in your face, cube, uh, Lupe-ish. Lupe meets Easy E. And I see. Nice pull. Yeah. Something like That's that. A nice pull. Oh, we got somebody who looks like Eminem in the chat saying Eminem's the greatest rapper of all time. It's very popular. I see that. Yeah, you know. We'll get to that in a second, too. Very what did you think about um, this Cardi B record featuring Kanye West and uh, Lil Durk? It was pretty cool. It was all right. Oh, uh, like 007 in the super chat. He says, y'all did a rap rating uh, with all categories pretty much. Now, do the same thing for producers. Uh, to see y'all break, I would love to see y'all break down a rating process. It would be dope. I think that'd be cool, but we still got to get to the damn MCs. We're going to get to that. But you were saying it was pretty dope. Was. Um, I like Kanye's performance. This is what I'm going to say. I figured uh, you would say that. I mean, I did. <laughs> I, you know, I just don't believe that Cardi B knows much about the electric slide and uh, Jimmy Fly Snooker. I mean, that sounds very offsetish to me, but. It's a family affair now. Okay. Yeah. I've been trying to tell you this. I'm trying to tell <laughs> everybody else. They're like, what's going on? I keep trying to tell you. Well, if you read what I read, man. He's his mother and his father. Boom, boom, bam. It's like, yeah. who's a star? Oh, my baby's a star. <laughs> I got all the bars you need, dear. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? Yeah. Can I help you bring any more checks into this healthy, wealthy, luxurious lifestyle that we're living? <laughs> How can I be a service, baby? I mean, really, who wouldn't be a ghostwriter for their wife? I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, Remember when Bobby sense. was talking shit on the show with Whitney and he's like, I can get back in shape whenever I want. I got the best vocal coach in the world. And he looked over and there's Whitney standing right there. We all like, well, damn, <laughs> he's right. What, we gonna do with that? what you going to do with that, coach? Whitney ass sitting right there. He's like, yeah, I can get back in shape when I feel like it, nigga. <laughs> this is what I was going to say, man. When it comes to Kanye's performance on that, and as soon as I heard that song, I went and listened to City on Fire uh, when he did with Future. And 
And then I listened to uh, Pusha T. He really was not trying on the Pusha T record. Like, the no, intensity. Like he's trying, he trying to tell people he mailed that in. And I, and I, I try to wonder why. Like, what's his involvement or lack of involvement in the Pusha T project? Like, no one's talking about this. One of two things happened. Either because of how Pusha explained it, he got that track, I believe, when Ye heard some of the Pharrell stuff. So either that was already recorded and Ye probably had decided he wasn't going to keep it and gave it to Push instead, or he still wasn't feeling it after he gave it to Push and mailed in a verse. Either way, either throw away or mail in. How do you like your Babbage? My speculation is, and again, I have no inside information. I have to give that disclaimer. I just don't think that Kanye was, was agreeing with the direction sonically and marketing wise of Pusha mm. T's album. I mean, mm. I, I just, I think this is more of a Pharrell brainchild. And, uh, and Kanye was like, you know what? You got it. I mean, because again, to hear, we heard a week later what he sounded like on the future. Because when I heard him on the Pusha T album, I'm sitting there like, man, what's wrong with Ye, man? He sound done. Just think it's sad? Yeah. Gets on the future album is in, in reinvigorated. <laughs> Gets on the Cardi record. I mean, between the Fabio Foreign, the future appearance, and the Cardi appearance, he got some of the strongest featured appearances of the year. And Pusha T, the guy who he made Daytona for, and he's done some of his greatest work for, gets the worst of it. I don't know. Double Didn't seven, Pusha the T super. run good music for Kanye? Isn't this all very problematic that those beats sounded that way? Why is nobody talking about the fact that the beats on... Think about because it. they're okay. trying to tell us that this album is album of the year, and it's not. Okay, so who made <laughs> the Diet Coke track? 88 Keys, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard Cats rhyming over Let the Smoker Shine the Coop? Or Brambleton? Because those are the two best Pharrell beats on there. I haven't. Have you? No. The best the best beat on there, I think, for MCs to rhyme on is Diet Coke. It doesn't really belong to uh, Ye or or, uh, or Pharrell, like on some rap shit. And that's what I'm telling you beat-wise where the album's kind of like missing. And it's like, I get what they're trying to do with him, but it's like, you know... It's like he says on Drug Dealers Anonymous, my brick talk is not only obvious, it's ominous. Mm. You know? So We're going to talk know, about that, too. I want to get you into make, that. Yeah, I know we are. That's why I was bringing up that bar. You know, you kind of got to, it got to make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like I, I get what you're trying to do with him and for him, but beat-wise, it still has to make sense, like, for, like, who he is and what he does. Don't make him do what you do. No, 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 you do what he does. Like, like, he's not, nobody's big. You can't just hand them, like, the record and be like, hey, make this happen on the record. Yeah. You feel me? 007 says, uh, Cardi campaigning to get uh, Kim on a track is a chess move against Nicki. The beef ain't dead. Don't be fooled. The queen of rap throne, um, the queen of rap throne is open in my eyes. Yeah. Of course it well you know what yeah of course it is because i don't think that cardi even really considers herself a rapper like that right um so i mean it's wide open yeah what do you think about the possibility of cardi and kim yeah let's do it this is what i think this is what i think and and i've said this before i don't think there's any intentions 
Can't use a little redemption. I don't think there's any intentions on putting out a Cardi B album. I think that Cardi B's moving and transitioning onto television. I actually predict the fact that her and Offset and the rest of their family, their children, they're going to have one of those, you know, T.I. and Tiny type of reality shows. Mm. But to stay relevant out here, she's going to keep putting out individual songs and see which one catches. But I don't think there's a project in, um, in, in, in the uh, foreseeable future. Right. Just like WAP. You put out a big song like that. Got to get Megan with that because Megan's popping. Right. No album in sight. And when Megan drops her album because she got music, she doesn't get to use the song on her album, which I thought was weird. Right. So now just to keep things going, let me drop something with Kanye and Dirt. Guess who's next? Kim's next. It's just a collaborative single. I guess I don't want to say run. But that's just what we're going to get. We're going to get Cardi in this. Cardi in this. Cardi in this. We're not going to get an album. We, ain't had, you know, we talk about Kendrick and all that. We haven't gotten a Cardi album in two, since 2018. In four years. And she only has one studio album. Now who's ever done that, Coop? And she's still a star. First of all, she's a star because she has the things that you can't teach. Personality. Yeah. Charisma. Yeah, she has it. So that's why she's a star. So comparing her to Kendrick is not necessarily fair. Kendrick is famous in the rap sphere for his bars, for his content, for his rhetoric. So when he disappears, especially, you know, with him being our savior and all, (laughs) you know, when he disappears, it's a little different if she doesn't put out an album. Nobody on a rap level is really fiending for her to make an album. She's just a star. You like to see stars bubble, see what they have going on, see if they pop. I was thinking she's actually getting a little Diana Ross-ish out here. You know Without what I'm saying? Without having where it's to like, do the musical work. Where it's which like is people, wild. Like you, like, like, you know, like most people now don't even know that Diana Ross like had a musical career. You know what I'm saying? That's like, insane. But... I'm sure if they heard the records, they'd be like, oh, right. she made that? Like, like, for a lot of, like you for heard a lot of, the songs. For a lot of black kids, like under 25, it's like, yeah, that's the girl from The Wiz. It's like, oh. Or, oh, that's, or, or the one I hate the most. That's Tracy Ellis Ross's That's Tracy mother. Ellis's mom. Fuck right. out of here. Switch it up. That's, right. yeah, that, yeah, she's Diana Ross's daughter. Yeah, that's. So, so I see her kind of more in that vein, in that mold. And, you know, she's got a great team. She's got a great family. Strong ghostwriter. You know, can't wait till they do the theme music for the show. <laughs> I mean, people are saying she doesn't need an album. And you know what? what I I'm agree saying. with she's, that. She's, she does it. She's I, like that. I don't think we've ever seen a situation like this where an artist... Diana Ross. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Diana Ross went like 14, 15, 16 years where it's like she didn't even like like, like do an album. But, but she, she did like, the work, it. though. I'm talking about somebody with one album. <laughs> doesn't have to make any album. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, yeah, with Ross, she could have retired after after 75, man. The Supreme's work alone made her a legend. Times are different. Yeah. Ed with the Super Chat says, uh, y'all sleeping on the new pusher. Ye gave him solid work on Hear Me Clearly. Dreaming in the past. I like dreaming in the past. Just so you remember, it's co-produced and co-produced Diet Coke. Yeah. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, um... They don't know what to do with Cardi. She's not credible enough with uh, rap audiences, but a little too raunchy for pop. That's a good assessment. Musically, I don't think they know what to do with her either. I think that's why they're continuously co- combining her or 
culminating her, for lack of a better term, with whoever's hot. After the Kim one, I wouldn't be surprised if she did a song with Mulatto or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, but this keep is it wrong. I think, I mean, I, I I could see her having her own TV show as a host. Mm-hmm. Is what I think she's truly being groomed for. If you really want to know the truth, she's being groomed to like host the show Wendy Williams style. You think so? You think she's gonna go all the way out like that? I was gonna say. I mean, well, she has better relationships and connections than Wendy did. Like, think of it. Think about. I mean, you and I know Wendy's origins. You know what I'm saying? It's just like no, like, 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 like Cardi can kind of do that, like from the inside, like star artist perspective type of way, where it won't be a problem to have a little Kim, a Megan The Stallion. You feel what I'm saying? Like Cardi can get people to pull up. Never I mean, underestimate that. So I think a lot of what's going on in terms of her direction is to navigate her to be able to hold her own in front of the camera in terms of her being able to host a whole show and interview people and, and do the whole whole like you know um hood oprah thing i mean she did interview the president of the united states so it gets no yeah that. that's what i'm saying like like these little diatribes that she has that be popping when they go viral and stuff they're grooming her for that so that's what i, I can see. see that i just think i think the tv show with the family just just it's just like it comes with the kit you know what I'm saying? Right. Like Chris Rock used to tell him, Jerry Seinfeld said that it's like, well, the TV show comes with the kit. It's I mean, like for what Cardi's doing, it's like, oh, the TV show with the family just coming with the kit, but they're grooming her for like, yeah. She's funny. I mean, she's just naturally a funny yes. person. I like, I, I like Cardi, Mike. I actually find her to be like very entertaining and she funny. And sometimes, and sometimes she's actually insightful because she says what the everyday person thinks and feels. And you can never, you can never mistake that or, 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 yeah. or replace that. And she doesn't fix words with it either. You know me, man. I like people to give it to me straight. Yeah. And even when, um, you know, people... Are you have... sure Tupac's not your favorite MC? <laughs> He's becoming that, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, Tupac's the realest. But yeah, I mean, even when people jump in these comments and call me, um, you know, politically ignorant and stuff, I just like people to give it to me straight. I don't yes. like the BS. Um, Mad Max of the Super Chat says, LOL, Cardi ain't have no rights to rap Queen Love, uh, Cardi. She's. I'm sorry. Hold. On. She's a. He's a. Uh, LOL. Cardi ain't have no rights to rap. Queen Love, Cardi. She's NY, but no, they gave that crown to Megan. Uh, but Lady London should should have it if she dropped music. Lady London. Are we talking about? Hold on. Who are we talking about? Uh, Mad Max also said Coop is right. She needs an internet talk show. Uh, that would be top tier because Cardi be having me dead. Yeah, she's funny. I would watch. That's I'm what inter- I mean. I'd like, be entertained. Like too. she's insightful. But she's I would real. also like to see her on like one of those, you know, American Idol type shows. I mean, I could see that happening too. You, you know, just to warm her up for television. Her. Like, like she, she would be one of the, she would be one of like my top tier interviews. Like when we get to where we need to be, she would be one of the people I would want to interview. Yeah, because it would be hilarious where the interview would go or like could go. Like, she's honest, she's insightful, she's thoughtful, she's charismatic, she's personable, she's real. Unapologetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the songs that they're putting out... I I don't think that they have any intentions on putting out any albums. It's too risky, right? Like, if anything, why would you put out an album which could possibly, you know, lower her stock? I mean, why, why... If you don't have to do it, why do it? Why does she need? She don't need to put out an album to run her bag up at all. At all. At so all. why do it? Why would you? Yeah. This is a business, right? They yep. call it the music. What business? Yeah. Niche. It wouldn't be smart. 
She um, in the business of winning, so she knows that she can keep on dropping these singles with these star artists that she has the pull too. Yeah. Keep winning this way. Yeah, keep on winning. Jay Next. Short says that uh, Cardi B is following the Queen Latifah roadmap. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I don't. Well, yeah, because Latifah only made a couple albums. Yeah. Before. Yeah. But see, the thing is, when Latifah got on Living Single, she was like, okay, Black Rain, boom. Now, if Cardi had a talk show or whatever, yeah, go put the album out now. No risk. But Queen Latifah didn't just have Living Single. She also had Set It Off. See, she was getting... Set It Off was what, 95? Living Single was more 92, 93-ish? That's what I'm saying, that it all's happened. You know, boom, boom, boom. Like, if Set It Off's coming out in 95, that means it's getting done in 94. Yeah. I mean, Cardi could jump on a film and do something like that easy. I mean, she got into Jennifer Lopez. Oh, she's done some work. I was about to say, didn't she do some work? Yeah, with Jennifer Lopez. I didn't see that movie, though. I heard that movie. I watched it one night. Was it good? She was pretty fun. She's funny, man. She's funny. She's a star. She has it factor. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. give her. I told you they're grooming her. She's being groomed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My man Swain says. I hate that new fans and new rappers think that it's cool not to put out albums, but consider yourself a rapper. I don't know if she considers herself a rapper. What, like, what is Sammy Davis Jr. to you? What is Jamie Foxx to you? Jamie Foxx is an actor to me, or a comedian. I think he's just an all-around entertainer, but if you ask that question to people, I think they would say actor first. Now, Sammy Davis Jr., yes, somebody would just say entertainer. But you're right. Cardi's an entertainer. And I'm, it's I'm like, just, this is what the new age entertainer looks like. They don't look like Sammy Davis Jr. or Diana Ross anymore. They look like this. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, it's a new day. And it's like, well, to be quite frank with you, when we live in this world, in this man's world, in this white man's world, we tend to try to like typecast our women a little bit too much instead of just looking at the sum of the parts and seeing the whole. It's like... Well, she raps, but she also kind of does like a little blog work on the personal side. Like, but she also like has a, you know what I mean? Like she does. She's a social media personality. That's what she was doing first. And then she became a reality television star. And then she, you know, put out the albums because she was a rapper, you know? Sounds like an entertainer to me. Yeah. And it sounds like a modern day entertainer. Because for me, when you said Jamie Foxx is an actor, I'm thinking it's like, Comedian. Well, I can never forget that funny dude that still yeah. used to play the piano at the end of In Living Color, too. Yeah. No, no. You feel me? That's what I was kind of wrestling with. Actor or comedian? Or in a, or musician. Because that's what I'm saying. It's like, he, well, he could play the piano and sing, you know? Oh, yeah. They're telling us that she's uh, about to be a part of the uh, Fast and Furious franchise, too. So There you have it. Cool. How do you feel about you being uh, labeled a K-Dot hater. Because that was one of the things I've been seeing. And again, when I say <laughs> some of the things I say about Common, and I'm a fan of Common, I get labeled a hater. What do you think about I mean, that notion? I mean, I don't hate anybody, for one. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the that first thing that we like, you know, need to get out of the way. I don't believe in hate. Yeah. Um, I just believe that you, <clears throat> I believe in some of the things that I read about how like it's easy to get misguided. Like it, it says in these days and times, you know, we're going to get misguided by people who we believe and trust in the most in the spheres that we trust them the most. 
So I'm just mindful of it. And it's like, you, I mean, you're the one, you and me had a whole conversation a couple of years ago about how you felt some of his views to be problematic for you because of his unwillingness to really identify and address. It's not that it's not just that it's not just the religious views and stands and takes that he's taking on. It's the fact that he won't address either. You feel what yeah. I'm saying? It's like because that's where the confusion starts, right? Yeah. If you go ahead and clarify things, then there's no confusion. But if you just leave everything up to interpretation, like even when we do things on this show, and if we just say something and we never really expound upon it, then it's left up to interpretation. Like, oh, such such a hater this, hater that. No, I mean, you know, it's it's what it is. Um, I think that the line that I, you know, it's a few lines on Damn that kind of struck me like, okay, I dig the album, but I don't totally agree. I mean, even lines like, you know, I'm an Israelite, don't call me black no more. Like, right. Okay. I mean, I, I how mean, am I supposed to feel about that as a proud I, black man? I don't know. Like, <laughs> how, am I supposed, how am I supposed to feel as somebody that was raised as a Christian and is a Christian when this guy's walking around with like a platinum crown of like diamond encrusted thorns? Like, like how how am I you like you tell me how yeah. I'm supposed to feel? Am I supposed to? I, I don't hate him, but am I supposed to feel happy? Am I supposed to okay it? Yeah, because like you it? said, and like we both said in the previous episode, no other uh, group would okay that. And nobody no. would call them a hater for doing so. so. So I was meaning to tell you, so this is one of those things where people, it's like, well, people be like, well, Coop, how can you say like you're a Christian? You're supposed to turn the other cheek. And da, da, da. I'd be like, no, no, no. I see. See, those are the New Testament Christians. I let people know it's like I'm an Old Testament Christian. I'll um, pillage, chop off your hand, burn down the village. That's the type of Christian that I am. How about that? You talking about that New Testament? No, 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 no. You you get what I'm saying? And that's kind of how he's approaching it, too. He's expecting that turn the other cheek. I told you he wouldn't do this to the Muslims because they would stomp him out at home in Cali. Like, I'm not joking when I say that. You feel what I'm saying? I think once again, even he, he knows he knows no like religious leaders like like from the Christian community. Are going to like come step up and address like these tropes that he hasn't addressed, really. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, you know, people are such fans of artists, and rightfully so. They, you know, they make things that inspire us, make music that we rock to, and all of that. If a pastor were to come out and say whatever, whatever, they would label him a hater, a clout chaser, and they would they would side with Kendrick because they're fans of Kendrick. You know, it's one of those things, man, when Artists have such an age. Huh? I said, I love me some good Kid Mad City. I was yeah, just thinking I like Kendrick's music. The music's dope, but sometimes hey, we kid. have to... <clears throat> again, like I said before, I have no problem with Common on any level. I'm a fan. But what I do have a problem with, and it's very tough for my ears to listen to in the same way, when you make a beautiful record, like A Song for Asada, and you proclaim in that song that this woman was innocent of all charges. And you make it a point to, to be happy and glorify the fact that she made it to Cuba safely and is living her life. Yet you sit here and campaign for the same people who elevated unnecessarily 
elevated her to being the most wanted woman in America. And you don't say anything about that? I I mean, it's it's hard for me to sit there and believe anything you say. At, at that point, it makes it seem like a song for Asada was nothing but a, a, a school history project for you. I don't know if you really feel those things. Because we back, always talk about... Back, right. Hold on. What's Hold that? On. No, no, no. I'm about to say it's rare that I want to slow you down, but it's like, well... When you texted me back, I didn't want to. I just texted you back, whoa, when you sent me that whole history class lesson thing, because <clears throat> this is what I mean about how people don't understand how much we've had this conversation many times. Fame and money and power really does corrupt. And so I don't know if I necessarily share your view, because I think he was in a place and in a space at the time where that message that he delivered was sincere. Mm -hmm. But man is corruptible, Mike. And so since then, what we've really been finding out is I hate to say this, is it's like the guy that you hear on Mike Water for Chocolate, who's endearing to us. The guy who we hear on B, who's endearing to us. The guy who we hear on Finding Forever. That guy's been corrupted. And that's really what you're saying it's not that that guy doesn't exist. That guy's been corrupted. He's been corrupted by the fame. He's been corrupted by the power. Like, he likes the fact that he makes the type of music that's cool enough for the impending president that's actually a senator from his city to listen to. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when you, if you listen to his words on the people, like, you can tell that he can tell that people are listening to him who matter beyond the spear of rap for the first time. Yeah. He's the first guy from Chicago to have it like that as a rapper. You know? Yeah. No. He's corrupted by that. Finally so, getting his just due. And you know, and that's unfortunate. Right. And, and but but this happens. It happened and it's not this isn't a black thing. This is a life thing. Yeah. This is a it was written type of thing. You know, and I don't mean the album. Let me get to the uh, uh, super chats real quick. DeCarlo says, uh, "Serious question, guys. How do you feel about Nas carrying the cross and Jay calling himself Ho? I think that uh, that can be religiously triggering too. If you guys notice, whenever I talk about Jay Z, I don't call him Ho. Me neither. I don't. I always call him. I call him Jigger. I call him Jay. I never call him Ho." I don't. I don't like the godly associations. I, I, I've, I've come up on this show many times and talked about it. It's like, no, I don't like Hate Me Now video. You yeah. can keep all of that. Like, who does he think that he is? It's like, you don't have it that bad. You just got done selling three million records and going on tour with the Fugees. Being the number one rapper in the game next to Tupac in 1996. What type of problems are you having with life? Oh, oh, you get to follow that up by going out to L.A. with Dr. Dre. Right. To make a group album. Oh, woe is you. Get out of here with that. So that's how <laughs> I feel about Hate Me Now. That's how I feel about Hate Me Now. Hate what? It's like, nigga, you won. And with the super you? chat says, not to uh, interrupt you, Ed with the super chat says, K-Dot deliberately avoids media so that he won't be held accountable for his words and messages. He mm -hmm. lets his stands fight these battles when people want to critique him and yes. don't go along with his BS. That's what it appears to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and at the end of the day, man, like I said, he's very, obviously, he has a lot to say, right? He has a lot of words. And mm -hmm. what's the problem with clarifying things? When you leave things open for interpretation, it does feel like 
you're running from the situation. And, you know, people sit there and argue you down like, well, he said this and he said, yeah, he said that on stage. <laughs> you know, people people start smelling each other when you get into certain rooms. So he has kind of put himself in this black intellectual room. And in well, well, some of us in the room are smelling him and it's like, oh, well, I don't think so. You feel me? Yeah. Like, because it's starting to look like it comes off like you've read about 85 to 90 percent of it. But when you start dissecting the way that you handle it, your unwillingness to speak. You see, here's the thing about it. <clears throat> Malcolm X and, Mal- and Dr. King may have had diametrically opposed views, but they were always out on Front Street with plenty of rhetoric and material to back up why they felt the way they felt felt whether exactly. you agreed with it or not exactly exactly no and so when you can't step to the pulpit per se proverbially and do those things even on a semi-regular basis which he's never done or even with some sort of consistency well i'm not saying you're a fraud but those are the things that frauds are made of those are the people that mike i told you i'm a life insurance agent you know where i was today in this rain, I had to drive to Stone Mountain. I've literally been gone all day. It took me an hour and 40 minutes to get there. But I have a client up there. And in life insurance, people have a tendency to make their commission off of people and never show back up when people need them again. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had to get up today and drive out there and drive back and literally spend about three hours today on the road because I'm not that guy. And all I'm saying is, is that he looks like that guy, because when it's time for you to show up and clarify and show that you're not the salesman that's going to make the commission and run to Ghana in London specifically. Spade a spade. And so those of us that live a certain type of way, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, not that I'm hating on him. It's just that like, but I would love to sit down and talk to him. I feel the same way. Discuss. I feel the same right. way about him and Common and everything that I'm saying. I have questions. Right. As a fan, I have questions. Jay Shaw I mean, with the Super Chat says, uh, Lupe and Kendrick fans have, have to understand when you're getting into the top 20, we have to split hairs. It's becoming more about catalog and missteps. Um, and they're magnified. Excuse me. It's not just about talent. Yeah, these guys got talent in spades. Uh, and DiCarlo also wanted to know what we felt about uh, Yeezus, too. Why? No, as far as, like, you know, a person... He was talking about the whole Hove comment and the, you know, Nas on the Cross and adding Yeezus to that. The only thing that was worse than him calling himself Yeezus was the actual product that came from it. Yeezus so, is such a weird album, right? Well, it just sucks. No, because... You say what you're saying about it, and I really, I honestly can say I feel similar to where you do because I haven't really given Yeezus a listen in like forever. But some people love Yeezus, and they say it's his best effort. It gets highly regarded. And they it's, need to stop that. Outside of Blood on the Leaves, they need to stop that. Mm. Yeah. They just need to stop that. I don't know what well, else to tell you. Like, stop. Never do that again. Don't go out and tell your other friends who've heard his other stuff that. Keep that to your little circle of friends. That's just some of the... No, but again. it's awful. <laughs> Terrible to work. 
they're like he's trying to express himself in a way. I'm like, man, he's trying to express himself in a way that that shit don't slap. So, <laughs> but again, a song for Assad is a beautiful record, and you know, and if I were in front of Common, and I would love to have a conversation with Common as a fan, I would ask him like. Do you still feel this way about, you know, how Asada Shakur was treated by the United States government? What have you done about it with your new found political friends and influences? The question I would actually well, ask. Well, we know I, what the result is. What, forget your feelings. What did you do about the fact that her status got elevated for no reason? Right. When, when I mean, let's just keep it real. When, when um, Barack Obama elevated her status to being the most wanted woman in America. The hip-hop, and you specifically, because you made a song about the woman, speak out. This is Tupac Shakur's aunt. And you've already proclaimed that you felt like she did nothing wrong. Uh, She was unfairly treated and had to flee the country for it. And on top of that, they were trying to get Cuba to send her back. No one's saying anything about that. And not only not saying anything about that, you're openly out here campaigning with and for the people who actually did this. So I just have a question like, do you still feel the same way about Asada Shakur? Or have you gotten any new information that has allowed you to change that? But no one's saying anything. And once again, when people sit down, we don't hold those type of conversations and it's not anything you know venomous or anything as a listener when i'm listening to your messages and the things you're saying if you haven't addressed those things it's kind of like yeah i hear you but i don't believe you i'm sorry i don't believe you i know we usually we we usually um reserve those thoughts we usually reserve those thoughts for the drug dealing rappers i don't believe you you ain't did this in the streets you ain't did this in the streets what about the conscious dudes do we want to start segueing the conversation let's segue the conversation because yeah that was one of the things too uh when we spoke about this last episode um, we were seeing some comments in our section of the live. They were talking about, well, you guys are coming down on the conscious guys, but you know, these dope dealer rappers that y'all glorify, they have destroyed our communities and drugs have destroyed black communities. And that's not good for us either. And, uh, and it's been more detrimental. I think that was what the sentiments were. I'm paraphrasing. Um, these are these what, are very loaded things that people are saying. Like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, you. I was I was going to ask you what you thought. You were right. I think that like there's some very loaded things being posed. First of all, I think it's dangerous to come on here and call us politically ignorant, you know, or to think <laughs> that we have political affiliations that skew one way or the other. Um, I personally, <clears throat> I personally know that. <clears throat> Mike has taken probably issue with Obama's tenure as president in this nation uh, more than any black man that I know, but is also taking issue with Trump's presidency on an even higher level than that. That doesn't make him like Republican or Democrat. That just makes him aware to actually what's going on. So to call him ignorant is insulting. It is. You know what I'm saying? I think and the so, more you know and the more you talk about and the more right. that you expose, you can't be afraid, it's yeah. easy. Because it's easy to just say that. Just if 
why don't you just get in the comment section and tell me where I'm wrong? If, you know, what I said was so politically ignorant, you should be able to break down where the ignorance is, what I said incorrectly, and correct that. Like, ignorant and hate are strong words. <laughs> I want people to understand right. that. Like, like, I'm a writer at heart. I've been a writer since I was a little kid. So it's like, for me, words do matter. Words are powerful. And so when you're using words like ignorant and hate, I just want to start, like, people to understand. It's like, I don't have a problem with anybody coming in here and disagreeing with things that Mike and I say. But it's just like, be careful with, like, some of the rhetoric. The ignorant thing kind of bothered me because I think that was kind of just passing you off as some angry black man. And those are the types <laughs> of tropes and archetypes that I don't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the type of thing that actually makes me angry, you know? Yeah. So I just want to be careful about that. As far as like the common thing specifically with the Asada thing, I think what we're posing is really that, well, in a culture where, and I'm talking hip hop and black culture where your credibility matters, where your what? Word is your what? Word is bond. Keep it real, right? This is all we talk about. Right. So I'll tell you something. So I'm from the west side of Charlotte, Mike. I'm from, uh, my family's from West Boulevard. I've told people my family been on West Boulevard before West Boulevard was even considered West Boulevard like that. You feel me? So I'm from there, from there. I came up on Beatty's Ford. Some, my first job was on Freedom Drive and Tuckasegee by Freedom Mall. West side. That's the hood, Mike. I don't have any sort of type of reputation on the west side as a gangster, okay? I have the reputation as being the rapper and the hip hop guy, I always was, even when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Even if somebody had a question about some rap stuff back then in the hood, Mike, I was the guy. (laughs) My cousin who ended up being my producer was the first guy on West Boulevard to go buy a beat machine. He bought it from a pawn shop on Freedom Drive right up the street from where I worked, right up the street from Apple Auto. My 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 cousin was the best MC in the neighborhood and was the first one with a beat machine, so everybody wanted to come see him. I was the nerdy little rap historian. I didn't start rapping until after all of those dudes made it a thing in the neighborhood. That's my reputation. There's not a fucking problem with my reputation. Like people have this thing of thinking that when you come from the hood, that it's like you have to be like this guy. It's like, no, no, no. You got to be your fucking self to get respect and to get credibility. No, that's real. You feel me? Yeah. Like that's what the hood is about. You don't, everybody's not, like I hate when I hear rappers that, and since we're talking about the drug thing, that make it seem like that they was like the kingpin on their block. I only knew a couple dudes on West Boulevard that it was like, no, 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 you don't fuck with them niggas, they'll shoot you, they'll kill you right now, they'll drag you up a short. There's only a couple dudes like that, Mike. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like, everybody wasn't like that. Now, a lot of people's down to ill, a lot of people got shot, a lot of things happened. You feel what I'm saying? But as far as, like, that high-level stuff that you be hearing talk, well, it's not like that, but it also goes down to, like, these conscious brothers, too, that me making it seem like they more conscious than they they really are. It's like, no, nigga, like you was drinking and smoking weed and like like I you was just chilling with my man that was chopping crack up up in the basement like 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 I was like with your conscious <laughs> ass. You feel me? Right. Like a lot of those dudes come from those circumstances too. So when they be talking conscious, it's like, well, what hood you from? You feel me? Because it's like you was right there when a lot of this dirt and a lot of these. Uh, uh, nefarious drug dealing things were getting done because I know I was, Mike. I know I was. I could tell you all kind of shit. Let me, let me get to some of these super I never chats. I've in my life 
and I've been and, and Mike, and we can talk about this too because I'm beyond the statute of limitations. I want to talk about what it means to be a dealer because it's like, well, Mike, I've been a dealer, but I mostly serve white people. Does that mean it's okay? Because I didn't hurt my community when I served. Does that mean it was okay for me to sell drugs? Let's talk about this shit. Because okay. they can't come get my ass now. Lord knows they untapped the fucking phone, the fucking <laughs> bar, put me in jail, had me hire a fucking lawyer. You feel me? Right. So it's like a dealer's a fucking dealer, too, at the end of the day. Me selling to white people don't make the shit okay. I got people that I had strung out, Mike. That shit ain't okay because they white. Let me get to the Super Chats real quick. And you're right, 100%. Southside says, uh, which album has the best intro? Uh, that could be a topic for another day. Yeah, we can do that another day. I think off the top of my head, I'm going with the Dynasty, uh, which is not really one of my favorite albums, but the intro is one of the greatest intros ever. I would say either that or East 1999's intro. Um, 1999 intro. It's uh yeah, that's a great intro. All right, what I was gonna say People are is loaded stuff to talk about. It's loaded. Like people gotta be careful about what they're talking about. No, no, you're right. It's loaded. I think that from a from a moral standpoint, right? Right. When you put yourself in position where you're uh, hurting people and breaking families apart, you know, those are things that you and you know your God have to deal with, right? right. But at the same time, I think it's another thing when it's amplified and glorified and i'm i mean i told you offline you know push the t's one of my favorite rappers you know we share a birthday and all of that but i didn't like him having uh the drug props on the stage i didn't like that i thought that was unnecessary you know and, just, and that's just my humble opinion you know i think that it it's in the music it is what it is you're telling your story in the music but to make it an actual physical backdrop um, and you've said too, and I know that uh, this was Kanye's idea, even for Daytona. As much as we love the album, we so don't agree with that album cover. I literally docked it classic perfect rating status because I'm like, well, we shouldn't be going there with that yeah. because I come from, I I come from I come from a family where it's like, well, the game is to be sold, not to be told. Even like the shit that I'm sharing with you now, it's like, oh no, no, I'm about to hear about this shit. I mean, but see. <laughs> And the thing is, man, like, from what I understand at the time, Bobby Brown was saying what he was saying, like, the family wasn't cool with this. And it wasn't anything flattering any either. And Whitney's no longer with us. Like, I think that at some point we have to, even though our legends may have their issues, and especially with a, a drug personal struggle and things like that, I don't think that they should be capitalized on in that in that sense you know what i mean like that right there i don't want to say glorifying but yeah it was for shock value but it wasn't even one of your loved ones you know that like i think that's insensitive in that light and i think that yes it's it's kind of a correlation of that whole thing with the with the dope on the stage like i don't know man i i think no, you're, you're right you're right and so there, there, there there's an integrity that, that kind of comes with it like well <clears throat> you know we've lived down here mike so it's like bobby and whitney live down here well it's like well i've seen bobby and whitney live and in person once and so it's like oh oh shit you know what I'm saying? Like when you see yeah. it live, but that's what I mean about how the game is to be sold, not to be told. That's like one of them stories that I tell 
when I'm in a circle of friends and it's late in the company. You know what I'm saying? Well, you we know, it should be told as a cautionary tale, honestly. You know what I'm oh, saying? We yeah. know how this story ends. It shouldn't it be told in the sense of like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Big and bad type thing. Do we no, even I mean, really need dope boy rap and hip hop in that sense if it's not going to give a balance? Take? I mean, I mean, my, my my story specifically is uh has to deal with like um don't don't fuck with Whitney Skinny ass she will still whoop that ass. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> like like that's what I mean. It's like everybody got different stories because it's like when you're going through things and you're under pressure and you're in the limelight, you respond certain ways in a situation. You know, I saw a situation where they were under the influence, obviously. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. he responded real calm. She didn't respond in kind. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, that's the types of things that it's like, well, that should make no album cover, though. No, it shouldn't. Uh, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, uh, at least we not forgot, at least we not forgot, women love the conscious image. Lots of dudes running game on the conscious tip. Remember and had skits about it on, like, Water for Chocolate. He did have skits about that, you know? And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, in a sense. But we thought Common was playing. But, you know, it's funny, no. man. And, again, I know people think I get on this podcast and praise Kanye so much. Kanye's one of those guys, like, if you listen to All Falls Down, he told you what he was going to do if he blew up. You know what I mean? I respect that. Whether you agree with a person or not. If they sit here and be honest with you and be straight up, there's no surprises there. And, so, and even in their discretion, they'll go back and address it. Those are two. Those are things that, you know, some of the people that we're talking about right now just don't do. So I'm going to say this very carefully because it's the first time I can like like the pastor, the pastor of the church that I attend is from Detroit. I like him. My family's from Youngstown. Mm -hmm. I like the way he talks. He talks real. He talks the way my father talks. He talks the way the men in my family talk. Even though he's a pastor, I can hear where he's really from inherently. I know when he's talking about his experiences growing up, oh, I know what he's talking about. My father has shared some of those experiences. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he just recently spoke about, and I only bring this up in references because this is the only church that I've ever really attended as a grown man, is about how there are men in the church that use their status as church-going men and as deacons and as us to to game women. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like so I, I I was just in church listening to this. So so that's what I'm saying about it. It's like, well, you know. You're looking at the dude that's selling dope. It's like, well, you know what I mean? It's all about what you pushing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Everybody pushing something. Everybody pushing something. You know <laughs> Ryan Gillum pushing? with the Super Chat says, how do y'all... Pushing to? I'm pushing P. <laughs> Ryan Gillum with the Super Chat says, how y'all feel about T-Wolves giving up Pat Bev for Rudy Goldberg? Was that the trade? Jesus I saw it was... They got more than... They got more than I was going to say, it could have been a straight up trade. It came. It came across my screen like briefly. They got. They got. They got some assets. It wasn't just like. I don't want to comment on free agency until all of it's done. All of this stuff is just you know. I, I mean, the Celtics got Brogdon, which I think is a pretty big deal because getting Brogdon and keeping Marcus Smart enables them to run a type of lineup where they can have Robert Williams at the five, and run Brogdon Smart. Tatum and Brown and defensively that's very very difficult for a Golden State-ish type of team that they feel like they may have to see again mm -hmm. with better playmaking and better sh shooting 
So I can see that the U- Utah Jazz gave up. So Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be playing together. People should think about that. Right. Kevin Durant, people should think about that because Kevin Durant's up in the air right now. Mad Max says, uh, LOL, sidebar, everybody put 100 on the sixes to win the chip. They're getting KD. I've thought about that, too, because I think they have the assets to give up pick-wise and player-wise. And if you give me Embiid and Durant, I don't care who else you have. I don't think you can. Because Embiid's in his prime prime and Durant's at the end of his prime. I was about to say something really bad, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But but the Timberwolves <laughs> are sending Malik Beasy, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, LeAndre Baltimore, number 22 pick Walker Kessler, and four first round picks to the Jazz. So the Jazz are getting four for, first four round picks for Rudy Gobert. I wow. think Minnesota knows something that we don't because you wouldn't give all of that up to get Rudy Gobert unless you were getting something else. Who else do they have? Right. Oh, I guess they already have um what's his name? Young boy from Georgia, Ed Edwards. Yeah. yeah and Edwards Russell. Mbala. Yeah. It's not bad, Mike. It's not bad. It's not bad. I like Neither it. Neither is the Brogdon deal. I like both of these deals. Uh topping that with the super chat, shout out to uh, Australia out there. He said, How how does authenticity affect Ross? Uh can he even have a classic album when his background don't match up his lyrics? Ross is dope and I ain't hating. See, this is the thing with Ross. And I'm glad you brought up Ross because, you know, he kind of skates through these conversations. I think Ross is a product of just being one of the first guys from the old guard to run into the internet head on. You know what I mean? Like, the rest of these guys have a similar story. But everybody piles in on Ross because he came in doing things the traditional way and thought that, you know, Nobody's going to find out that, you know, I really was a correctional officer. And then they did. What if he was an informant? What do you mean? And I don't mean for the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying he didn't say that, you know, but again, you you wouldn't say that. Hold on. No, no. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is what I'm saying is, is that. So I was one of those people. Well, I didn't like that. When I heard that, you know what I'm saying? But then I thought about it deeper. I thought about some some things that I know, and I'm like, well, well, you need people like that on the other side, too. Well, this is the thing, Coop. No, no, no. Why that's, in the, the world are we that, even... No, no, that's real. People, no, no. No, I feel you, but why are we chastising a man for having a regular job? Regardless. No, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Let's address it on the hip hop <laughs> side of the credibility, though. Yeah. People don't understand that, no, these are the games we play. And so sometimes what you have to do to earn your stripes, you feel what I'm saying? This but do, is part of it. What does it's it say part- about us, though, as, as a hip hop community that we expect our artists to be drug kingpins? You know what I'm saying? Like, even if That's he did saying, say, you like, know what? I had a job, whatever. How does he get, you know what I'm no, saying? Like, No, when, no. what I'm trying to tell you is, is that like, I actually believed he hustled a little bit more after that came out. Because I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I, I mean, if you know anything about the area that he's from and how it works and some of the guys that have ran through there. And it's like, no, that's actually how you can come up and like start earning your stripes and earning your key. I always tell people about that Godfather scene where he's talking about like, well, I wanted Michael to have the strings like politically 
Like, like, like the guys I who are understand what you're saying. dealers don't really pull the strings. I understand what you're saying, Coop, but I think the problem with the public and what happened, and it was just how it happened because he lied about it. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't Did he say, lie or he just didn't tell? No, he lied. <laughs> he said, no, that wasn't him. Because what happened, this was back no, in the, did lie. This is back in the media takeout though. days, right? So they had a picture of him <laughs> as an officer, right? And he was like, that's not me. That's Photoshop. That's what he said. And then they went that's and found, terrible. yeah. And then they went and found his actual like W twos or paycheck stubs and stuff. And I think that's the part that people are having an issue with. And then it came out that he was saying that, um, you know, he he barely did the job, wasn't really there. And then they found a a, a certificate of perfect attendance or something. That's the part that people are giving him shit so, for. So, so the if he would have just said, you know what, yeah, I, I was a correctional officer. So the problem is that he had the job. The problem is that he lied. Yeah. Okay, so the problem is not the job then. Mm-hmm. All right. But the job made him lie, if that makes any sense. Now, the job did make him lie, but this is his. No, so I mean, like, yeah. I'm not going to knock him for that, though, because it's like I would probably lie in that circumstance, too. Most people, but see, the thing is, like I said, as a human being, I'll just be honest with you. It's like, no, I can't tell you in that circumstance, under that type of pressure, in this type of community where the streets matter so much, I cannot yeah. tell you that I would not lie. But that's what I'm saying. I think he's somebody that just got caught early because many people before him probably did lie. And he was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I mean, okay, so, okay, so, <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. So it's like, well, I never, like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. When I'm saying this, is like, well, how do you want your gangsters? It's like, well, am I less of a gangster because I never sold drugs in my project riddled drug riddled community? You feel what I'm That's saying? That's the problematic like, am I, am I part. Less gangster now? Am I less gangster because I didn't do it on the west side of Charlotte? Like, I mean, just let me know. I want to uh, get to the super chat because it's another good point. He said, "How about rappers like John Forte who didn't rap about it but lived it?" Yeah, and That's you can add you can add loon to the thing. list. He got too. caught with the whole thing at the airport. You can t- you can add loon to the list too. Like, you know what I'm saying? They didn't rap about that stuff. Loon was pretty boy style. Yeah, and Loon was, you know what I'm saying? Out here getting it. He Harlem. Yeah. He uptown. Right. So, he yeah. Uptown no, yeah. I mean, I think that's the issue that people had. And I think that, you know, Ross made a honest misstep because, again, he's a signed artist in hip hop. And, and he's been around the game. And he understands that probably a lot of people he knows had similar backgrounds and they were able to just say, nah, I didn't do that. But they didn't have the internet to catch them. And I think that he just ended up getting caught and now he's the poster child for not keeping it real in that sense, when he's probably not the only one. See, Uh, this is what I mean. So this is what's so problem on on, on the drug dealing side. It's like, well, if you were to run back in my neighborhood and they'd be like, yo, did this nigga Coop ever move any packs down here? They'd be like, no, it's like, but I didn't know. But that don't mean it never happened. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, so what does credibility really look like in this business? And like, where does the credibility come from? And why does it matter so much exactly. in this manner? And why does it matter so much? And what happens when you end up like Young Thug and Gunna and nobody's by your side? Very problematic. You know what I mean? Like, is that where y'all want people to be? That's what I'm saying. It's very problematic. <clears throat> I was having a conversation about that. How about this? I was having a conversation with a homie of mine from Detroit. I know a lot of Detroit people. I love Detroit. Me too. Shout out to Detroit. A lot of Detroit people down here in the A. I got a lot of Detroit people down here. I'm with him. I'm with his man who's from Jersey City. 
they're like, Coop, these niggas down here where you're from be talking about the trenches. It's like, ain't no trench down here, Coop. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what's a trench? Because I'm about to bring up some stuff that I know has happened on like West Boulevard, baby, like stuff that I've seen and lived through. I'm like, I'm like, well, hold on, what you calling a trench? And they like, no, nah, like, well, nigga, every day you don't know if you're going to make it home safely. You know what I'm saying? Like, because of gang territory or because of, like, the shit that's going on or because of how truly impoverished the area is where it's like, well, no, nigga, you can't have a $20 watch that look nice and not have your pistol on me because niggas will take you for that, too, because they need that right there. You feel me? It's sad. And so talking to two dudes, I'm sitting in their presence. One of them's a dear, dear friend of mine where that's the world that they come from of, like, you know, Going to school, going to school is very problematic. Trying to get an education. This That's is why. I, so, so what people don't understand is, is that we have a whole set of communities throughout America where it's like, well, it's hard to make it to and from school, Mike. I'm not joking when I say that. That's it sad. is literally easier for you to get cool with the dealers in your neighborhood and move packs for them, whether it's through school or on the block about your motherfucking safety and survival than telling these niggas no. Like, in Chicago, Mike, they'll just murder you dead for no reason. They don't even need you to tell them no. They might just murder you anyway for that shit. You feel what I'm saying? I went through a situation when I was down here on the east side where I was a kid where a friend of mine got murdered that was selling for, selling for the niggas that was like literally right up the street for us that he started selling for. He popped up with like the the, uh, the new Jays. He had the Hornets gear when the Hornets team wasn't even out yet and shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nigga, what you doing? He's like, he told me who he was selling for. I was like, oh, don't fuck with them. I was like, they'll fucking kill you. And my man popped up dead and shit. They came and asked me to serve for him. I was like, oh, no, we. I had to get the fuck out of there. Mike. I was like laying low like as a kid behind the shit. That's you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that, that shit is real. Yeah. Like where it's like where it's like, no, 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 you getting recruited and it's like, well, no, nigga, be like, oh, that's that nigga, right? You you need to have people behind you, Mike, to tell some of these niggas in some of these neighborhoods no, or you might be a dead motherfucker. So it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like what credibility look like to you when you got like a kid who's a straight A student that don't want to sell no dope, but he better take this dope to school for these dudes about his survival. And then he starts seeing the money he make, and he done made fucking forty thousand dollars in high school by the time he's fucking seventeen years old. You think you can get that nigga to go to college? Right. Nigga's not going to college. Michael Williams at the super chat says, uh, "Can you guys do a track versus track for the black album and get rich without trying?" I think um, a TBA is a better uh the black album is better and a conscious sense it seems to be uh the consensus seems to be get rich or die trying yeah um we could do that i mean i think get rich or die trying was just a moment man andre shashir with the super chat says ross didn't have to lie about being a ceo he could have just made dope lyrics about it and also don't like that he tried to act like he's the real rick ross that's the other problem too and I, I mean, and, you know, and it, I think it it kind of turned Ross people. Ross is on his album shouting him out though. So it's what like, album? Whoa, 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 whoa! What album? Because they had issues. They did, but they solved those issues, I believe. Have they? Okay, I didn't hear about that. LP with the super chat says it was both all of the jobs. Uh, you was a CEO, and you said that you was uh, that you was doing it because you was a street boss. It's uh, because your street boss told you to. He thought that he was supposed to be uh, what uh, departed. Oh, he thought he was supposed to be the departed. Yeah, 
I mean, but again, if he would have just kept it real, people could have once so, again, people could have just kind of came up with their own thing. Like, yeah, I was a CEO. Well, I think, and what? So I, so I think here's what's really happened. Well, it's not that people have a problem with all of those things. It's that his talk is really inflated like he's a boss. What does he call himself? The yeah. boss. Yeah. So the, so it's really because the talk, the dope boy talk is inflated. Now, there's two problems with you having a problem with that. Well, A, that's what people like. Because I'm going to tell you what, Dr. Dre's done none of what he's talked about. And we're all totally okay with it. Because like he says on the show soundtrack, it's entertainment. Yeah. So when Rick Ross does it, we can't knock Rick Ross for it and not knock Dr. Dre and plenty of others before we would have done the stuff that they've talked about. Like Dr. Dre literally has a song on Straight Outta Compton talking about not smoking cess, and his first album is called The Chronic. <laughs> yeah. Jay Short yeah. with the Super Chat says, John Forte was so legit. Uh, Carly Simon had to bail him out. Um, oh. Are the Keeping It Real yeah. folks... And said, are the Keeping It Real folks buying his latest single? No. Right. Because when you get in the when you end up in those situations, he and the, staying alive in a seventy suit. The only people who are capitalizing off of this are the lawyers. Uh, mm-hmm. Hassan Sykes says uh, it matters when you rap about being a kingpin. The real Noriega, he owes me a hundred favors. No, that's what I'm saying. So you're really taking issue with the talk being inflated, and I can understand that. And I can respect that because that's where I feel like the integrity of it's really being lost. So let me go back to Pusha T. And it's like, well, I've said this before. And people are like, well, Coop, why are you like Pusha T so much? It's like, well, I can give you the MC side of things about his cadence, his flow, his delivery, his lyrics, the songs they've made, the classic albums they've made. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but hold on. No, no, no. These motherfuckers have really had the feds on them. So if you're looking for somebody who is actually like <clears throat> he even said it in one of his rhymes, imagine being on a first name basis with the kingpin. That's why I respect him. He's letting you know. He's like, no, 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 not the boss, but sitting at the motherfucking table. And other niggas haven't talked like that. They talk the way Rick Ross and Jeezy talk, quite frankly. And 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 when I hear it, I just tell you, I hear the difference in Pusha, plus that he's more lyrically inclined. And then you see some of the things that have actually happened to the people around him. It's like, well, how much more proof or credibility or integrity do you want? But not everybody's like that. Let me go back to my life again. Like somebody put in the comments about it, it's like, well, Coop turned down a $150,000 deal. It's like, well, I was making money comparable to that. I didn't tell you that it was all legitimate. Uh, Lil 20 says... It's easier to say no Nets. to the 150 grand when I'm making another 50, 75. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, fuck them. <laughs> Lil 20 says, are the Brooklyn Nets the biggest failure in NBA history? No. Can we have this conversation right quick? Kevin Durant needs to win and win fast because he's part of two of the three biggest failures ever. That's the OKC Thunder and now the Brooklyn Nets. Two all-time potentially great teams that walked away with no hardware. You know who the most valuable team in the NBA is? Probably Golden State. No, it's not. It's the New York Knicks. It's very problematic. No, it is what it is. Um, they're playing a different game in ownership. Those are the championships that uh, James Dolan and the New York Knicks are trying to get. And so it's funny when 
you got franchises like that, and also you got the Dallas Cowboys, who's the most valuable franchise in all of American sports. Actually, I think in the world. I think they're over a lot of the uh, soccer uh, franchises, too, globally. They don't win championships. They're out here to win. Well, what's the point of business, right? Make money, right? Right. Why is it different for the players? If players want to go out there and max out, and get as much money as they possibly can while they're athletes and while they're playing, I'm not going to knock it. But for them, they're supposed to take pay cuts to win individual championships for organizations that are going to go out there and cash out and become more valuable, and they're not going to be the recipients of it. So I don't know, man. I um, Whatever Kevin Durant feels like is best for him individually, get your paper, homie. That's all, I, that's all I'm going to say. Get your money because James Dolan, the New York Knicks, they ain't win shit. They're not even playoff teams, and he's still they're number one. They're, it looks like he's winning. If we want to equate owners, and he's, he's the number one owner. The worst, and he is arguably the worst owner of the last fifty years, and maybe one of the worst owners in sports history. And his team is number one. And so the Bulls are like number four, and Michael Jordan what, ain't won nothing for them in twenty four years. I understand what you're saying. I'm a solutions-oriented guy. First of all, I've always told you this. Kevin Durant has played with three of the most selfish point guards of all time. Russell Westbrook, Seth Curry, Kyrie Mm -hmm. Irving. Only one of those guys is warranted being selfish, and that's Steph, okay? So him leaving Golden State is going down has the most foolish decision that a superstar player ever made. Because I'll tell you what I realized the other day. You know, the, the Brooklyn year... The Milwaukee series thing, that happened the same year that Steph won the scoring title and they lost the play into the Grizzlies. If you put Kevin Durant on that team, Golden State actually is back-to-back champions right now. And Kevin Durant has four rings. Steph has five rings. And we're actually talking about where Kevin Durant is all time in relationship to LeBron because he has his many rings and is trending towards having as many points. So he's totally blown and missed an opportunity here. Let me tell you how you can fix this opportunity. First of all, next to Jerry West, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the fastest player to 25,000 points. So even though LeBron's about to break the scoring record, Kevin Durant actually stays healthy another four or five years and plays full seasons. He actually can be in line to be somewhere in the range of breaking. You know who could really help with that process? a real point guard. So wanting to go to Phoenix with Chris Paul is a wise idea. I think going to Phoenix extends Chris Paul's career and it extends Kevin Durant's shelf life some in terms of the ease at which he gets shot. So I think that's where he should go. But what I think Brooklyn should take, and I think they can still win the championship like this too, because I heard Brooklyn wants two all-stars, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the Los Angeles Clippers can give you Paul George, Reggie Jackson, and three first-round picks for Kevin Durant. What do you say? And then you have Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and John Wall, and an owner who doesn't mind spending fucking money. And you're in L.A. What you say? Because I think Brooklyn should take that. If you give me Paul George, because think about it, because if Paul George and Reggie Jackson go there, well, Reggie Jackson gets to play the two, and Paul gets to play the three because they got Ben Simmons. Yeah, if he ever plays. 
I, I mean, mean but, I think but that's why ben a lot Simmons of this is be, I mean, Ben Simmons as a passer was being compared to LeBron James and Magic Johnson and Penny Hardaway. He got to get on the court. Right, right, but if he has Reggie Jackson and Paul George as his two and his three, and he's got Claxton and Curry and Joe Harris, like, no, that's a viable playoff team. It's like they're probably not going to beat Milwaukee or Boston, but they could beat anybody else with that team. And so if I'm Brooklyn, I would do that because you really don't miss much and you have draft collateral for if those players age out or want to be traded themselves. So I would trade Paul George and Reggie Jackson in three first round picks. But if I'm Kevin Durant, I want to get the Chris Paul and a real point guard who's going to give me the ball all the time as quick as possible. And a guy like Devin Booker who can go get 40 or 50 like me that's not going to be the fucking problem that Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving is. And I also want to say, Mike, before I finish, I told y'all Kyrie is about to be a problem. I told y'all I've been following Kyrie since Kyrie was in high school. He didn't barely want to play for fucking Coach K at Duke. It took, I want people to understand this. Kyrie Irving has only had success as an NBA player playing next to the second greatest player of all time. How much of the success of an NBA player are you? If you need the second greatest player of all time to succeed, we can't even give you a top 10 to 15 player and you thrive. You have to have a top five player for you to thrive. How great are you? Let me get to these super chats real quick. And one mixtape, nigga. He's an and one mixtape, nigga, <laughs> to me right now. Give me Dane. Give me Steph. Give me Harden. Andre Shashir with the super chat says, never heard him shout out. Uh, he's talking about Rick Ross. Never heard him shout out the real Rick Ross. Uh, find the album, Coop. Yeah, find the album. Uh, Jerron says, as Coop is uh, expressing material conditions, influence, and in mi- music, we can't expect certain content, generally speaking, unless materials conditions change. Um, I didn't understand that. That sound. What say that again? All right. As Coop is expressing, uh, material conditions influence the music. Uh, we can't expect certain content, generally speaking, unless material conditions change. He's saying basically, change comes from the top, and I was thinking that too when you were talking about these uh environments that people are in and it's like why are these environments like this in the first place and again that goes to my political ignorance and the people that i want to hold accountable for not putting things in place to better these communities um because other communities and we've seen many communities be able to get jump started very very quickly LP with the super chat says, Coop, the difference is Ross tried to make y'all think that he was really like that outside of music. Dre never made you think that was real life, that he was that in real life. I think it helps, too, that Dre had a ghostwriter, too. You know what I mean? And so we kind of put everything as entertainment because we knew that Dre didn't really write the stuff. Um, Jabaron says, also, until we're more self-determined as people. Uh, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, people hate Rick Ross because they want to be him. They want to say that they did the stuff that uh, they didn't, can't do, and uh, get rich off of it. Half of the folks lie on their resumes, too. This is true. I think the fact that Rick Ross has been successful at doing what he's doing pisses people off even more. LP with the Super Chat says, um, with Pusher... You can follow the ups and downs through the music and the real world news uh, matches that. Listen to uh, TTCD and you'll see the downfall. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a balanced attack with it. I think when, I mean, but even if we talk about that, I feel like Rick Ross did a little bit of that off on Rich Off Cocaine. 
Uh, LP also says, Coop, trim down to the casket drop to eight songs, and it's a classic. You hear what they're doing on HHNF and uh, Hell Have No Fury, and you see how it's getting broken and um, to the casket drop. I mean, so the casket drop just really suffers with some of the songs at the end, but that was more of a production thing with Pharrell, like the whole counseling. Yeah. Uh, All Eyes on Me with Carrie Hilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually, to be honest with you, if you take Counseling and Champion off and just make it 11 songs, it's a classic to me because those are the only records on there. Uh, DFW Herbie says, y'all saw James Dolan's Rock Band's music video? LOL. I want to get through these Super Chats so we can you know, move on. Uh, Damian Jones says, Benny said it best. And when they talk about the streets, it ain't specific. So I'm a tad bit suspicious if it ain't fact or fiction. I told you my part reason why I respect Griselda is because it's like, well, no, I mean, like, you could actually go pull their rap sheet, actually. Like, they've all, like, done bids, served times. They have people who are still locked up. They've had people who have been, like, hit up. It's unfortunate, like, the circumstances that come with your credibility in this business sometimes comes comes with legitimate jail rap sheets and legitimate... Like that is it worth all of that? You know, and, and I'm gonna say this, and I got my. I'm not hat- saying it should have to be all of that. I told you, Mike. Do you remember when I was telling you? I had a friend literally tell me he was like, "I can tell Westside was locked up more than Benny because of how he talks about the jail talk. It's real like that. You feel me? He's like, because he was bringing up um, Westside's line um, on Brutus. Take my spot at the microwave. You gonna die tonight? He's like Coop. He was like, that's. He's like, actually, I'm sorry, not even jail talk, prison talk. He was telling me he's like Coop. He was like, that's that prison talk. That ain't that jail talk. And he's telling me because he knows that I've been to jail multiple times, but I've never been to prison. He's like Coop. That's that prison talk. LP with the super chat says, uh, "K so toxic." He talking about Kyrie. Kyrie so toxic. They rather lose KD than keep them both. Uh, What I was gonna say, man. I mean, I got my hat cocked to the side in honor of, you know, T.I. And we're going to talk about T.I.'s top five albums ever. But he was one of those guys that never approached it, you know, from a quote-unquote kingpin standpoint. It was like, you know, I did this, that, you know, here and there, whatever, whatever. But I do feel like that credibility and maintaining certain credibility is what kept him behind in the industry because he kept going getting in and out of trouble that was unnecessary at that point you know what i mean am i off base with that no a lot of the stuff that he ended up getting into once he was already a star or on roads to being a star was unnecessary and it held his career back especially after king man like after king i think we can honestly say for a Southern artist at the time, because this is before Wayne was super big. When he dropped King and that movie ATL came out and they both were number one, nobody in the South had ever done that in hip-hop. Period. That was, was a superstar move. And him having to do a year and a day and everything that came with that individual case that, you know, just kind of residual over with the public. It set him back. I think what really happened is, is that when, when he was going in, Wayne was calling himself the best rapper alive. By yeah. the time he got out, it had happened. 
Yep. That's what happened because he was actually ahead of Wayne in that race. He was. And he was the guy that was getting the deals and the notoriety and the stardom. And they were getting mutual spots. But it was like he was ahead of the race and then he got locked up. And I tell people, it's like, oh, that's one of the worst things that ever happened. Because at the time, he was more marketable than Wayne, too, because you could throw him on an R&B record. You know what I'm saying? Like you could. He's in films. No, no, no. I I hate to say it here. But here we go with these. Well, he didn't have dreads or as many tattoos in that. Or in any, that he didn't have any dread tattoos. I about to say he actually didn't have either. Like he and said, no goatee, no tattoos. So it's like, so they were comparable as MCs and artists and with star power, but it was easier to immediately feed one than the other to the masses. And it was tipping. I'm not being funny when I say this, Mike. He was also more fair skinned than Wayne, too. It's like literally set up for him to win. He was fair skinned, he had less tattoos, didn't have dreads. He didn't have as much of a history of Wayne had. You know what I mean? Wayne already had a history somewhat too. You know what I'm saying? I think, so too, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he, how about this? I don't know. Always kind of envisioned that he was going to be the one sitting on the estate like Ross is. How about that? Who wins the versus, Ross or Jeezy? Ross, and Ross. it's not even close. Uh, Matt yes. Max of the Super Chat says, uh, Braun, not the second greatest player ever. Uh, I'm taking Dame or Harden over Kyrie in his prime. Harden, yes. Uh, three nets. Want to book. So the Suns uh, deal is dead. Okay. Oh, he said the Nets well, want to book. book. Yeah, he said, yeah. They don't want to go. That defeats the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Nets should want book. No, the Nets the net, the net should want to be free. They should want to let freedom ring. I told you, they just had to deal with Kyrie for three years. They should be like, you just dealt with Kyrie. Like you deserve an applause and an award. Cause the only person that could deal with Kyrie for three years and get him to be worth a damn is LeBron James. So you literally need to be one of the three greatest players of all time in order to get this man to produce at the level that he's capable of producing. Other than that, it's going to be subpar. See Cleveland without LeBron. See Boston. See Brooklyn. See Duke. DiCarlo says, uh, jail stints. I'm sorry, jail stunted T.I. and Wayne's uh, peak. And you know what? It's fair to say, yes, with Wayne, it did open up the door for, you know, his understudy at the time, Drake. Drake started getting taken serious when Wayne took that year and a day. And that was Drake's run. And everything that Drake was saying was, we doing this for my man Wayne. We doing this for Wayne. I'm going to hold it down. I'm going to hold it down. That opened up the door. So you're right. LP with the Super Chat says, uh, let me apologize to the God, Pete Rock. I looked back and didn't see where the samples didn't get cleared. Not trying to throw dirt on, on the OG's name. No, you just tell the truth. Everything got, everything got cleared. That was more of a De La Soul issue. Uh, but yeah, I guess before we get off the topic, I think that when it comes to this dope boy rap, it has to be one of those things that's balanced. Like You kind of got to give the good with the bad, so it doesn't come across to the listener, the young, impressionable listener, that, yeah, this is the way to do this thing. Especially people who got options, right? And I think that those are the things that hip-hop has to be careful of. You got to tell the whole story. And not just, you know, when you partying it up. Real shit is... is okay, so, that, but, but I mean, see, but we get into the question of, like, okay, so where does the credibility lie? Because it's like, I mean, <clears throat> credibility can be to a fault. I mean, do you know how many people have been like, 
murdered about things like about credibility. It's like they're, they're I mean, let's go to the eighties. I can go to three murders. I mean, not even the eighties, but three, um, three murders surrounding eighties inspired legends. Well, Jam Jaster, Jam Master J, Scott LaRock, Paul C. All of those stories have stories that have to do more with the streets than hip hop. Right. You feel me? So it's like, we need to stop doing so much about credibility. It's like, we lost big and pock about credibility. It's like, that's why I was telling you, it's like, what type of credibility you want? How you want your gangster? Well, all right, all right. This is the thing. And and I see what you're saying. And you're right. I think that once again, once again, they ran up on Big L in Harlem and murdered him. Once again, I think somebody, his brother did. How you want your gangster? Like I said, once, once Kanye came in the game, I think that that whole door or barrier of having to have that kind of story or credibility in the streets, that kind of went away a little bit. But it's like, at this point in the game, artists kind of know that they don't really have to have that. Now, you know what? Even if we go back to Nas, right? Nas was gifted enough to be able to tell other people's story and things that he saw, and nobody had any issue with that, right? No, that's not so. So when you're saying that, that's not true. Every time he got attacked, it was mostly about his street cred. Well, from I Jay, remember- right, nigga, you uh, you ain't did it. You witnessed it from your folks' pad, scribbled in your notepad, and created your life. No, not even that. I remember Cameron ran on 106 in Park one time and literally had the camera directed at, at him and was like, yo, he's like, stop playing. Like, you're not about this life like we are. You feel what I'm saying? He pretty much saying, like, you ain't, you feel what I'm saying? So it's like, no, they have a Nas like that. Cormega attack Nas about that. But at the end of the day, what has it done? And does it really matter? No, no, no. It has and done I anything because he's the... a better MC than all of them. But it's only because he's a better MC than all of them. When Imagine if he is... <clears throat> like, I'm going to tell you one of the things that hurt Prodigy was when he got robbed. Again, that could happen to anybody. It and can, see, again, this whole, t- this whole like, notion listen that... Listen to the bars. Like, he can't, you can't get stuck when you're talking that way. I'm sorry. I feel you. I feel you. And again, the thing you is, man, stuck when you talking that way, and then nah, Nas I agree is with that. Up, Nas is popping up on Stillmatic talking about you know jungle, and us had to get you your chain back when you got robbed on the video set for Keep It Thorough. No, he I got, got robbed on the video set for a record called Keep It Thorough. It's not okay. I feel what you're saying. I agree. It's and not see the okay thing with shit like that. You know the crazy thing is, man. You know th- these things don't happen to artists who. Don't be talking like that. So if you're talking big, people no, out there who saying. are really so, doing these things, they're gonna see what what it looks like. So 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 how do we audit the situation? That's what I'm saying. Is well, like, you know well, what the way we audit the situation is the fan base, and I think we're at that point now. We gotta. It shouldn't matter to people. You shouldn't have to come with the prerequisite of, yeah, I got this type of resume, yada, yada. If you do, cool, and you want to talk about it, great. But artists coming up or rappers coming up shouldn't feel like that's the only way they could be a rapper. You know what I mean? You shouldn't have to create some sort of street cred because you feel like that's the only way to be a rapper. And I think that the fan base now is finally at a point where that's not the prerequisite to being a rapper. 
Uh, Nas the Goat with the Super Chat says, Top 5 T.I. albums for me. Trap Music, Urban Legend, King, Paper Trail, and Trouble Man. Uh, where do y'all rank T.I. among the greats? For me, he's 15. He's a 15. I guess top 15. Well, I guess we could start there, right? I mean, is that where we're transitioning yeah, to? Yeah, let's I'm go about ahead. Say, I'm yeah. about to say, do we need to wrap this up with anything? I think we've we've talked about, like, you know... Well, I think that's just the way, I think that's where we need to go when it comes to like the fan base has accepted the fact that, you know what, if you dope, you dope. And if your music's dope, you're dope. You don't really need well, so, street credibility. Well, so, well, some of it is even with these rappers. It's like, it's like I've told people, it's like, well, I've had a lot. <clears throat> I had a run in with a very, very famous rapper one time at the airport while I was at work one time. And I don't even like fans, to be honest with you. I don't have one song of his downloaded and he's made some pretty big hits down here he's made a hit down here that's like literally considered to be a hip-hop classic by most he's from louisiana he's from new orleans it's the national championship game when joe burrow won right mm -hmm. do you remember when he threw the touchdown pass to randy moss's uh son mm -hmm. so that's the play that's about to happen we're going down the escalator. I just got off work. I'm with my crew. He's with his mans. I know. Now, I'm with one of my homies who's a music producer. I know what type of dude he is. He ain't going to say nothing. Now, this dude doesn't work with everybody in Atlanta, but he ain't about to say nothing. You know who I am, right, Mike? I'm like, bet. And this dude that I'm talking about got street cred. You know what I'm saying? Out the ass. Okay? I'm like, hey, fam, what's up? I'm like, I like what you do. I respect your music. The nigga literally looked back at me and did like this. He did, hmm. He turned and put his head back down. I'm watching the national championship on my game. We get on the train, right? Everybody Wi-Fi go down on the train except for who? It's LSU on my screen. Guess who literally pulls up behind me and gets on my back shoulder so he can watch the game and act like he my fucking homie all of a sudden? This nigga got street cleared at the house. I just got done... Watching this nigga act like a straight hoe when I tried to play it like I was a fan just to see how the nigga would behave. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> he got street cred. I'm going to tell you what. No, 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 Mike. I'm going to tell you some real shit. That's the type of shit if the nigga would have did that to me and made a move on me like that and then tried to play it cool with me after the fact and we're not on federal property, I just would have busted the nigga ass down right there. And if I see the nigga again, Mike, in the city, because we move in comparable circles, I am going to bust that nigga ass down right there. But we got to start weighing what street cred is because it's like, oh, I know I, I know that nigga got street cred out here. I done sized that nigga up. I'm going to step on that nigga when I feel like it. I seen him live. That shit that these niggas be talking on record ain't all the way real. And what I mean, I can size that nigga up. If you're of comparable size to me and I see you, I look at you like you're food. Ain't nobody even close to my size beat me. This nigga's smaller than me, too. And he was, Mike, you should have seen the look on his face. My whole crew got quiet when the nigga did the whole, huh. Like, he literally did huh at me and put his thing up and then tried to roll up on me like, oh, this nigga gonna let me watch the game on my phone because he's a fan. My people step back, they like, he, he don't know this nigga coop crazy and might fucking slug him on this fucking train right now. But my people looking uncomfortable, like, he don't know this nigga coop at all. You feel me? These dudes be out here freaking and flogging behind their integrity about street cred that they really don't got. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I mean is like, how do we audit it? I done been in so many circumstances with so many of these dudes who supposedly got street care cred. They the phoniest niggas in the world. All right. They fake as fuck. They'll never pull a real move. I don't even know if half these niggas know how to swing. For real. 
For real. Let me get like, to the super chat. Because it's not about selling weight or going to jail. It's not. It's just about being like, a real person. I, I know the nigga that I was standing next to is push weight and been to jail. I know I step on that nigga when I feel like it. <laughs> LP with the super chat says, um, thing is, Nas was really in the streets. The stories are confirmed. Uh, he just wasn't a big drug dealer and admits that he wasn't in his music and in interviews. Uh, Hassan That's what Sykes I'm saying says, about auditing it. Hassan Sykes says, Tribe, Common, Talib, and Most Def made it cool to be yourself before Ye. Y'all need to stop giving Ye that credit. Listen, I understand there were people before that. Yet. And obviously, there was Daylight Soul before sorry, any of that. Gold, like, no, 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 no. Let, let me finish, man. Like, there was Daylight before that. And shit, we could say that there was the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. But when we talk about actually running rap and being the MC, the go-to person... No, it was considered to be underground when those guys were doing it. They were outcasted. Now, if you want to give outcast that sort of mainstream credit for being different, but they even looked at outcast as a separate thing where they were damn near a rock group by the time that Stankonia came out. But if you want to talk about somebody who was head on, the man in hip hop, from a conscious level, only Kanye was the first to do that. Let's just keep it real. Let's just keep it real. We're not giving him well, too this, much credit. This is what I mean. Honest. Okay, so this is what I mean when I'm talking about credibility. Do you remember like the uh, the whole genius thing that was on Netflix where Kanye is like walking down yeah. the streets of Chicago at night with a camera and his Jesus piece on? Yeah. No, no, no. I know niggas right now who got street cred that's been dealers before. They won't do that shit in Atlanta. They won't do that shit at home. You feel what I'm saying? Like, how do we audit street cred? Because when I seen that, I was like, yo, that nigga, yay. He's like, no, 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 I'm home. I'm not scared. That's credible. It don't matter what you do. That's what I'm saying. So even when he's talking about, well, Nas was in the streets, but he wasn't a dealer like that. That's what I'm talking about. How you don't have it. to be a seems, deal. No, no, because right. it seems in hip hop. No, it really does seem in hip hop that it gets audited on the amount of drugs that you sold. That's why I keep saying, and well, that's how do we sad. audit that's sad. It really is. Like no matter what way it. you slice it, that's sad. Mike, I used to I used to walk Beatty's Ford Road at night religiously in LaSalle and like Southwest Boulevard in Charlotte, like like with just me and a knife on me. Does that make me hard? Because that ain't the type of place you walk around at like at night by yourself. You feel what I'm saying? It's like do I have more street cred now? Because it's like it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like that's my neighborhood. And listen, at the end of the I'm day. Home. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, what's the what's the payoff here? You, you say you're credible and you are and you end up in jail or somebody tries you. Even if you are credible, anybody could get touched. So why are we making it even that important? Now, I, I get it. The people, and I think we talked about this in the previous segment, people just don't want you to lie to them. That's it. That's mm. all that is. People just don't want you to lie to them. And you're right. It ain't a great look when, you know, you talk real hardcore stuff and you get robbed. It's embarrassing. But anybody could get robbed. Like, if you get caught slipping without one, you know, you just got caught slipping. Or you could go out there and try to be Rambo and, you know, end up a messed up story like the XXX Tentacion situation. They didn't come to kill him. They came to rob him. That was it. I was watching that documentary. That's so sad. He's just yeah. a kid from the suburbs. He's just a kid from the suburbs. Man, uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, nobody had issue with Nas doing... I'm sorry, let me put this on screen. I want to get you joined on screen. Nobody had issue with Nas doing that because we know his, his gift. 
Nas was more God body type like AZ than the street hustler. LOL. Uh, we know Nas is a poet guy like Ross used gimmicks that came off uh, that came off as knock it off big as a knockoff big. Listen, man, I, this is the thing with Ross, too. Okay, so it, let's go to No, G-Man. I want to finish this. I want to sound like I'm knocking yes, Ross. Sir. I think, why can't we just be like, yo, man, Ross' music is dope. It is. It sounds good. That's where it I just got is to what it is. Like, like I told you, I was one of those people that was hesitant, and that whole thing with the street cred like, kind of hurt me. But then I was just like, it man, I'm matter. Like, well, this is music, and he's a really dope MC. Yeah. And so, so I was about to say, so let's go to Jeezy right quick, who you know like, I have an affinity for. Like I told you, when I moved back from Cali, I had a dude that I was doing some work with that was like, yo, this Jeezy old hood. I'm like, nigga, like, why do you care? I'm like, you're from, from Brooklyn. I'm like, why the fuck do you care? This Jeezy old hood, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But Jeezy affects the street culture like that. Where it's yeah. like other dudes that was coming down in Atlanta and hustling, it's like one of the hustle on the blocks that Jeezy had hustled on. And it's like... That's what I mean. It's like, how do how, how do we audit that situation? Because here's the thing. You I don't. You know what I mean? Like, we don't. I was a it hustler and artist when that was going on. I had no idea about how to audit that situation. How do I tell this dude from New York that that shit that he just told me is corny? And I'm from the east side of Atlanta and the west side of Charlotte. It's like, yo, like, why do you know Jeezy's corners more than I do, nigga? What kind of corny ass shit is that? Cool. You got to just let people have it, man. It's all good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, certain things you just got to let ride. I don't even approach these artists either. Like, you know, the story you told about the artist. It's like, yo, man, you got it. It's just space. Do whatever you're doing. I'm going to do what I'm doing. I'm not going to even put anybody in position to play me out. I wouldn't even, you know what? You know how big of a Michael Jordan fan I am. And I've heard that whole chameleonaire story, Michael Jordan and all that stuff. It's like, listen, man, you shouldn't put yourself in a space to be played out by Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't. Like, I mean, I'd be see, like, this What's is up? what I mean about Whatever. how, like, even how that goes, Michael. I've dealt with Michael Jordan a few times. Michael's always fucking cool with me. Sometimes mm-hmm. you play yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, how about this? I'll tell you what, like that this rapper that I'm talking about, you know, the next time I seen him, right? At my church. See, so I made up. Baby mama goes to my church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, baby mama goes to my church. Mm -hmm. LP with the Super Chat says, it's hard to go back to uh, some of the old stuff knowing that they didn't live it. How I let these cats influence me. I'm disappointed in my young self, LOL. But see, it's funny y'all say that. About that's what I'm talking about. How do we listen? Listen, listen. I think it's so funny that we say that about the drug dealing rappers. But when I say what I say about common, y'all sitting here saying I'm hating. These are things that can actually be rectified like straight up. Those are verifiable things. When we talk shit about Kendrick in common, we're some fucking haters, but we get to talk about the dealers however and whenever we want. Mike, you see that? It's wild. And how the unfair hip- is that? And the hypocrisy is that they're speaking to be verified. I'm a hater because I know that Kendrick's a fraud, right? Because I'm well read and I can tell that Kendrick is a fraud. I'm a hater. You feel me? But you'll right. let me talk shit about the dealer all day. And I'm well read when it comes to political issues and things that have been passed and who passed Extremely. them and when they passed them. And when Extremely. I call out hypocrisies on people's lyrics and who they support and how Extremely. they're supporting them then I'm misinformed. <laughs> no, no, Mike, you are, you are, frighten, you are frighteningly well-read <laughs> as a 40-year-old black man on the political discourse. Because I can't front. Like, I checked out when Trump got in office. I was like, no, 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 no. Call me when you're ready. Crowbar, pistol, 
matches in the car. Whenever well, you have you to know what's going on. Whenever you want to burn this bitch down. You have to know what's going on. Jay Short mm-hmm. with the Super Chat says, Ice Cube got street cred. He wasn't a dealer. Because Ice yep. Cube's just a real dude. Because he's a real nigga. It's right. Because he, he tells the truth. Yeah. And people respect the truth. Ice Cube said that back in his 1992 interview. A bird in hand, Mike. A yeah. bird in hand that's real. Yeah. People respect the truth. And I think, I mean, going back and we'll go to the next seg- um, segment or subject, people just don't want to be lied to. And that's it. I think that's what it is. But I think when it comes from these glorified street tales, I think it's easier for people to digest it. It wasn't the truth and they feel a way about that. But when it comes to the conscious community, they can lie to you all day and they can give you inaccurate information all day, but they're going so fast and they sound so well read that no one calls them on it. Because as much as I like, damn, it was a lot of information in there that I thought was inaccurate, but it sounded good. That's the dangerous stuff. And that's I was just actually, real. When, when you when when you told me how you felt about damn in terms of the discourse of it, I thought about CeeLo on the nigga experience, hmm. where he said, "Well, you don't want to hear the truth, so I'm a lie to you, make it sound fly to you." Yeah, shit. Yo, CeeLo was ahead of her, man. The nigga experience—that's yeah. what I feel like. That's what I feel like. Kendrick is capping off of. He's capping off of those bars. He's capping off the nigga experience. Yeah. He's not moving off of information. He's moving off the emotion of the nigga experience, not the black experience. The nigga experience. He can make it this sound good saying. and make it sound believable because he's right. very talented. You don't want to hear the truth, so I'm gonna lie to you, make it sound fly to you. Mm. Loyalty, 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 loyalty. LP with the super chat says, they're hypocrites too. I look at it, uh, them fools are worse. Some of these other dudes are just as bad, but at least the message doesn't lead you astray. Right, like I'm not... I'm not looking for Pusha T to lead or help any sort of political campaigns. Yeah. But I do love the fact that he sent bottles of truck. I'm sorry that he sent truckloads of bottles of water to Flint, Michigan. Go, give yeah. me that over Common and Kendrick every day. What did Kendrick send to Flint, Michigan? I don't know. And again, I, I don't know what I don't know what people do behind the scenes. Three trucks of bottled water, three whole freights, and trucks of bottled water. Pusha T sent up there. It's a dope boy express, a little special delivery from your your favorite dope boy. How did that? How did them conscious dudes do? What did Kendrick do? You I don't me? know. But Jay-Z, again, Jay Z contributed money to Flint. Another reformed dope boy. You feel what I'm saying? So you got Pusha T and Jay Z contributing to Flint. What did Common and Kendrick c- contribute to, to Flint other than? Maybe they did. I don't know. Let me sh- show me. I'll look Show for me. it. Jay Short no, with the no, super no. chat says. Because that's what I'm saying is it's like, like, yo, that shit where Nino Brown is giving them turkeys and feeding the hood during Thanksgiving is real, too. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Like, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Jay Short says, uh, I love Ross, not because of his dope talk, because he inspires me to excel in my lane. Uh, there's a spirit of preservation in his music. Details don't matter. And you know what? I feel the same way about Jay. And I feel you with the Ross thing. It's kind of motivation music, even if you're not. And I feel like that about Jeezy, too. Even if 
whatever your lane is, whether you're doing construction, whether you're building your business, it's that motivational music that gets you up in the morning like, yo, I got to get it. Let's get it. And you're not even out here talking about, you know, I'm going to go out here and sell this, that, and third. Whatever you're selling, they're motivating you to do that through the music. And I get that. And Jay Short's completely right. LP with the super chat says, bet you uh, K-Dot's aunt ain't even his uncle. LOL. <laughs> and on that note, we're switching Mike, topics. <laughs> give me two seconds and switch the topic. Please switch the topic. <laughs> You about to head out? Okay, he's coming back. Uh, wants you to... <laughs> Listen, man, I don't think you guys really want, or none of us really want our favorite artists to be what they're saying that they are in their music, but I do understand the fact that people don't want you to just, just totally make up a life either. Um, we're about to cover like our top fives. So we're about to do a little segment since we didn't have a whole lot of new music today. And I can't believe that we're already like two hours in. We're going to do the top five Kendrick, not Kendrick albums, sorry. Top five Common albums. Top five Eminem albums, top five T.I. albums, and top five, what was it, Kanye albums? Who you want to start with? I think we went, what, Yay, Yay M, Tip, Com? You want to go in that order? I mean, how, whichever order you want to go into, we can go like with the oldest to youngest, youngest to oldest. How do you want to do it? We were just talking about Common and Yay. So let's start with Eminem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you like that logic, right? Let's start with Eminem. I, you know what? These are the five, and I don't know if we're in agreement in the order, but I think the Eminem show is Eminem's best album. Uh, his second best album to me is the Slim Shady LP. Um, then I'm going to Marshall Mathers LP. And then after that, it's kind of a drop off. It was a little difficult for me, but I think recovery and just going track for track today. I was listening to the Marshall Mathers LP too, and I was listening to Relapse. Not a big fan of either one of them, to be perfectly honest with you, but you're right. I think the Marshall Mathers LP2 is probably in that number five spot. Um, I was actually thinking about what you said about recovery. So listen to recovery on the way home from Stone Mountain because mm-hmm. I figured, well, hey, got another hour and a half in the car. Nothing more depressing than listening to Eminem and in the rain and then trafficking on Friday. Right. 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 So that's what I did. I don't know if relapse or rec- how about this? I would actually. I mean, and this is just for me. I have, um, you're the one for people that think that I always state my opinion as facts. Mike has turned me on very many things, much like I turned Mike <laughs> on very many things. One of the things Mike has turned me on is, is that I'm going to agree with you that the Eminem show is his best piece of work, not the Marshall Mathers LP. So I have the Eminem show at number one, like you do, but I have the Marshall Mathers LP at number two. I'm not mad at that. I have the Slim I just Shady personally LP. like the Slim Shady LP. No, and, and, and you want to know what? I, I remember the hip hop listener in me went back and listened to some of that stuff, and it's like I remember hearing that for the first time. What well, was really innovative and creative to hear? Yeah, white brain damage was new. I never. I mean, that was very slick Rick ish the way he handled that record. 
Oh, I like that contextualization. Very yeah. slippery. Because she has brain damages. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. But that's that that's a dope way of looking at it. And I thought, it. oh, um, what was it? 97 Bonnie and Clyde, as twisted as it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> Very great songwriting. Great songwriting. It's the yeah. foreshadowing of Stan in terms yeah. of his songwriting capabilities, in terms of being able to flesh out like for me, you know, the Marshall Mathers story. LP just doesn't have like one of those uh, guilty consciences or role models. Uh, you know, even um, even uh, um, not brain damage, but uh, rock bottom. It doesn't have you know those what I'll tell you? for me. You know what I tell you when you frame it like that, Mike? It says that I might love Stan in the way I am too much and be giving it too much credit when you say that. Because when you named all those records off the Slim Shady LP, I was like, hmm, he's right. A lot more balance on the Slim Shady Well, no, LP. I just I, enjoy yeah. listening to those records beginning to end more. It's like outside of the way I am and Stan, when you named all those other records, it's like I probably might want to prefer to hear those records over the records that are on the Slim Shade. I mean, on the Marshall Matters LP. DeCarlo says uh, Bad Meets Evil should be in there. Um, yeah, we're kind of going on solo things. You know, um, and the other thing about the Marshall Mathers LP, it kind of does one of those things that I hate when artists do. And my favorite artist, Michael Jackson, got to a point in his career where he was doing this too. Marshall Mathers LP was about being famous. You know what I'm saying? And and it's funny. It was that about his, fame. Huh? It was about fame. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, his third album where he, you know, was even more famous wasn't really about that, you know? And yeah, Marshall Mathers LP was more so about pop culture. Even even your favorite song, Stan, and a lot of people's favorite songs. No, The Way I Am is my favorite song. Okay. Well, a lot of people's favorite song is Stan. And the way I am is about fame too, you know, no, like having to I complain never... about being famous and all the pressures that come with it. I honestly, you know, I get it. That's where your life is, and I respect the fact that's what people are doing when they get to that point. But me as a fan, I don't, I don't connect with that, and I really don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did connect with it because yeah. you want to know it. Like, I thought everything was okay. It's like, well, what does this guy have to complain about? He's Triple platinum on his first album. Let's contextualize that. Yeah. Illmatic sells 300,000 copies. Slim Shady, 3 million copies. It's like, well, you're triple platinum. You know, you got Dre behind you. Yeah, Interscope behind you. So when I heard The Way I Am, it's like, oh, that was authentic to me. No, I get it. But see, my thing is when artists come with those albums, it kind of lets you man, know, man, this ain't fun anymore. Like, wouldn't you rather hear... Michael and off the wall a thriller as opposed to talking about the stuff he's talking about on dangerous you know what I mean and how you know leave me alone and all that stuff like and I don't love not, that stuff that's why yeah, I said it's not fun anymore point. and no and the Marshall Mathers LP is nothing but that you're making a strong point when you say that because I don't love dangerous because of that yeah I don't you know, I, I, it's it's sad to an extent. I don't like bad or dangerous like that because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Because like you could tell album. Michael was having fun on Thriller and Off the Wall. You could tell even as twisted as some of the oh. stuff is on the Slim Shady LP, you could tell that Eminem is having fun on that album. No. 
style points. There's something yeah. to be said for that. Because here's the thing, the angst sometimes, like, well, if you're going to do angst, you need to do like Scarface Ice Cube type of angst, like deliver, right. deliver the angst. Yeah. So I get you. Yeah. So let's just say that those are his best three albums and we know that. I think where you and I defer is that I prefer the Marshall Mathers LP two to recovery and relapse. So I would say, mm. which one of those do you think is better? Cause I have those three that we agree upon. And then I have the Marshall Mathers LP two, but I'm actually more of a fan. I think of relapse than recovery. Well, someone in the super chat, Ed said, uh, relapse is the best production. Dre gave Eminem. M was, uh, actually dope lyrically and flow wise. It was a creative effort. I like. So what I was actually about to say is, is that Dr. Dre's contributions on recovery and relapse are probably what make the difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Short says, "Coop, you didn't like uh, recovery? It was solid." I just. Yeah, I think that um, on the Marshall Mathers LP too, it's a couple things, right? I thought Berserk was terrible, but on relapse. I thought that we made you. It was terrible. Now, why was, don't you like rap, God? Like, I would just, I'm just trying to understand. Tell I me. Don't like the beat. I think okay. that the flow okay. is all over the place. And you think the, he's trying too hard? Yeah, man. Like, I figured you. Now, would like say I that. said, the survival. Now, like I, I said, I would. Great job. I want to hear more of that kind of Eminem because I think that. With his voice changing and his style changing and approach changing, he could do more of that. I like that. That sounded organic to me from him. And, you know, the bars was there. The production was good. The hook was dope. I like Survival. Okay, so those are his five best projects, though. So we're pretty much in the wheelhouse of, like, his best five, six projects we agree upon one way or the other, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um... I was going to say something about the Marshall Mathers LP. What are, what, what, where would you rank this catalog all time? Like these albums that we're bringing up, like where does this rank catalog rise for a solo artist? Yeah, it's it doesn't. Honestly, if we're talking about these five, with the people, all right, I'll put it this way. With the people that he's normally in conversations with, it doesn't. It would have to be one of the greats that doesn't have five albums to, you know. Right, Black Thought. Yeah, or something like that. Like, even, how about this? And even if we say like some, and I say this respectfully, Big Daddy Kane, right? On yes, yeah. on a day like to, how about this? On a day like today, when you pull up a catalog like this, it's like, well, this is why people want Lupe to get more shine. This is why people want Doom to get more shine. Yeah, because this catalog's not. It's not, not better not. than Doom or Lupe's catalog. Oh hell right? no! It doesn't even touch Doom's catalog. And, Luke and I don't know. think, hold on, hold on. Okay, so do you think Doom has a top 20 catalog? I think it's possible. Think it's possible? I think it's possible. I think it's, I think it's possible too, because like I said, I've been doing some listening and doing some digging. I think it's possible that Doom has a top 20 yeah. catalog, but it would be a top 20 catalog. It's not a top 10 catalog. It's not a top yeah. 15 catalog to me. It would be top 20. Now, we were going through comments. This catalog, catalog is not even Doom's catalog. No. No. He doesn't have a mad villainy. No. I think the Eminem show, like I said, is his best work. Um, you know, I think that, but honestly, I think that's him at his best. Now, we but that's talk the about, best production job, though, too, because when I look at the beats on there, when I thought about it, when I started leaning towards the Eminem show, 
I started thinking about the production on there, the beats till I collapse. Actual keeping out my closet. Those actual beats. Like the Soldier. keeping out my closet beat is dope. Superman, no, those beats are dope. Soldier. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah. I think that those um, beats are dope. And and where he was rapping at that point, he was at the apex of his skill set, in my opinion. That's the that's the Eminem that we were talking about killed uh Jay-Z on his own track. Like that was him in that time frame. That's the Eminem that made lose yourself. That time frame right there is when he had the perfect balance of his skill set from, you know, the first one, but his his content from, you know, the second one. He he put both of those worlds together perfectly on the third one. And after that, everything was kind of just, I don't know. It's a big drop off, in my personal opinion, skill wise. Right. And I know that, um, and we didn't address this last show, and I guess maybe it's the, uh, a perfect time to do it before we get to the next person. But I know Logic and, uh, did an interview with Big Boy, and they were talking about people not appreciating Eminem, and, and if Eminem would have passed away, unfortunately, I think that's what Big Boy said. If he would have died, he would have been top five or something. And it's like, no, that's not the thing. I think that what people have noticed over the years is, A, his catalog didn't age well with the rest of the people that we hold to that degree. And, you know, like you said, those that lyrical miracle stuff doesn't make you make great music. And that doesn't just go for Eminem. That goes for everybody. You know, there's been a lot of guys who've been incredible lyricists who don't have the catalog that people who they might be a little bit more lyrically inclined than have. Like, Crooked Eye doesn't have Snoop Dogg's catalog. It just is what it is. And that's fine. I think that's a great way of putting it together because it's like, well, as I've always said, this is like, well, if it's like we're going to a rap battle, I got like five G's on me, right? And it's like, well, you're telling me it's like, well, Coop, you can take Corrupt. You can take Snoop. <laughs> yeah, come on, Corrupt. Let's go. It's like Snoop. Snoop would tell you to take Corrupt. Like, like Snoop, we're taking your car because your car has all the marijuana that we want to smoke in it, but you're not stepping out the car to rip <laughs> it off. All right? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if Crooked Eye and um, and even like, uh, what what's another West Coast? Or like E-40. Crooked, uh, yeah, Crooked Eye, E-40. Are you talking about the compare that has the catalog? Let's say too short right. or something, right? I was thinking short too. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, no, I love me some short and some 40 catalog wise way more than Crooked Eye. Yeah. We hopping out that whip, we going to the corner, do this rap shit. Hey, 40, do me a favor. Hold me a seat right next to Steph Curry at the Dubs game. We about to go do this rap shit. And like right I said, I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. Like, right. Respectfully. Like, and he like, respects the skill set of people who. Coming that way. I mean, you know that Snoop respects that skill set because he's been behind some of these rap battles. So he so understands. When I be talking about 50, it's like, well, it's like, ain't nobody in Queens pulling up with 50 when Nas and Prodigy and Cool G rapper from Queens. Yeah. Ain't nobody doing that. It's like, it's like 50. It's like, you want to know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to pitch this idea to be a writer for power for you because it's like, I don't need you on no rap shit if we pulling up in the bridge, nigga. You're telling me Nas and Cool G rappers around the corner. What do I need you for? Jay Short with the Super Chat says, they let Eminem produce that Pac album, and he's been musically cursed ever since. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, just imagine. Um, you got a valid point. Just imagine how this whole thing would have played out if uh, Tupac had lived. Like, do you think that Dre would have been able to launch Eminem without a hitch with Pac over here? None. None whatsoever. I think that would have been a little different. In history, I mean, when when you listen to um, right. toss it up and taking uh, shots at mm-hmm. Nas and Jay and Big and Prodigy like they were nobodies. Andre, Andre, like they were no. This this little nigga named Nas think he live like me talking about he left the hospital, took five like me. You live in fantasies, nigga. I reject your deposit. Mm. We should drink punk ass now. He out of the closet. Like, no, yeah. he didn't want none of that. He yeah. talking about, hey, Nas, your whole damn style is bitten. And in the background, Mike, the ad lib goes, the niggas sound like Rock M. He's talking <laughs> big shit. He's in the background ad libbing against Nas. The niggas sound like Rock M. That's the ad lib in the background. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I mean, you are quoted. safe? You quoted Nas the Dre line up. from that. He was getting Nas the Dre. Nas and running New York, and they're not safe. You think him and them is safe? Dre is running Compton and running Cali. Well, this is this is what I was gonna say. Nobody's safe. He already got the Dre line on that song you just quoted against all odds, and then he had the Dre line on well, toss Cal- it up. on California Love too. Um, you know, what I'm saying live, live die and die in LA. LA, and then he really yeah. got at him on toss it up. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Dre. Yes. What like he said. <laughs> Cross death row now, who you gonna run to? He was gonna keep giving it to Dre. So <laughs> it would have been a little, I don't wanna say Dre wouldn't have been able to launch Eminem, but he would have, you know, it, it would have been so, it wouldn't have been easy with Pac. He was like, listen here, he on the intro to Megavelli, Jay Z from Hawaiian Sophie fame, Big Willie, Big Lil, whatever. <laughs> Brian, you really don't think that Eminem would beat Tupac in a battle? Come on now. You don't believe that. Oh, man. No, you don't like I believe said, that. Once again, one of the reasons why I love Prodigy, because all these dudes had this shit talked to them, but only one person responded, and that's Mob Deep with Drop a Gem on, which is one of the best diss records ever. It like, is. you want to know what? Drop a Gem on it is very, like, back-to-back-ish. Like, back-to-back is the modern-day Drop a Gem on, and it's like, oh, you came with that for that guy? Good job. Bravo. Oh, yeah. No, I remember hearing those records being like, man, these guys are really stepping no, up the pot. It's the infamous back in the house once again, live a life that of diamonds and guns and now gems. Pull gats like a bass head, pull on stems. The mob got the bomb run out and tell a friend, drop a gem on them. Yeah, no, no, no. They was going at Pac. They went at Pac for real, too. Like, I say this they was respectfully, talking shit about Pac. Man. Rikers, I, on there. Rikers Island's flashbacks to the house you got scuffed it in. You would think they're getting your headshots enough, but then now you want to go on my team? Must have been drunk when you wrote that shit. Too bad you hadn't did it to your own self. My rebellion, retaliate. I had the whole New York State aiming at your face at the gate. Bottom line off top, soon as he came through, shots blew. Don't even know the half of my crew. Oh, no. he Them was the only niggas that was about it when Pac was talking shit. I, I'm just going to be honest, guys, man. There's no way that Eminem would have beaten Tupac in a, in a rap battle. I don't have... You know, I want to quote my man Coop here. I don't have the evidence. Based on what we see no, from no the, the diss records that Eminem has put out, I'm trying to think of what Eminem's best diss record is. Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with... Um, 
Well, my favorite was the one that he did against Everlast. That was uh, I remember. But I think the best one was uh, the sauce going at Benzino. But I don't think those would have worked against Pop. What do y'all think Eminem's best diss record is? And what evidence do y'all have that he would beat Tupac in a battle on wax? Pac is so big that Drop a Gem was a a gloss over. Mm -hmm. Stop that. Drop a Gem is one of the best diss records ever. And it's a gloss over because it's Pac. And and also, man, I really think that Pac wouldn't have said anything about the fact that M's out here wearing wigs and stuff in his videos. I don't know, man. That would have been real easy for Pac. I don't know. I... Especially rolling with Dre, he just would have been yeah. an easy target. He would have been, he a target. been an easy target, man. You know, he that whole my bum is on your lips. He would have he would have gotten all of that. He would have put all that in the record. Someone said, uh, Mike, stop lying. It's no evidence for real battle bars for Pop. You ever Very heard of Hit Him Up? People don't, don't like care about up. battle bars. What? You know, what <laughs> he's just giving it to you straight up. What are the most lethal diss records? And I'm not a huge Hit Him Up fan like that. But the most lethal diss records ever are uh, No Vaseline, Hit Him Up, We Say Ether as well. Those are direct. And I think that Eminem wouldn't be able to take a direct hit. He struggled with MGK, guys. And in my opinion, MGK got him. But I know y'all think my opinion's biased. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Tupac was too aggressive for M. You got to be Biggie on Long Kiss Goodnight to beat Pac. Nas couldn't battle Pac. M got no chance. Oh, hold on. And let's get this straight, too. That's what I mean about I always gave Mob credit. Those big shots are super ambiguous and super subtle, and I don't like them. If you're the king of New York and you're that dude, don't do all that ambiguous and subtle shit while Pac's coming for you. Like that, There's I'm a not time a and a place that, for the subliminals. Slugs missed you. I ain't mad at you. We ain't mad at you. It's like, no, no, no. Don't do that, fam. Like, I love that. I love big, but it's like, no, don't do that either. You know what I mean? Well, the streets be talking about that shit, too. That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, no, no. All you dudes was talking and taking like little subtle shots when he was like, fuck this guy. Well, that was a deadly misstep. Fuck your team. Fuck your team. And you guys is like doing this like little like cute, like subliminal stuff. It's like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, how do you want to audit this street shit? Because it's like, well, if we're auditing them dudes versus Pac and that, it's like, well, I didn't like that either. Because it's like Pac was really walking the streets of New York and L.A. with pistols on him. And he was talking about and and he does make a point, even with the whole lines that he heard on the message. Because you got to keep in mind, it was written's getting made when All Eyes on Me is getting made. Yeah. And they're using the same beat, All Eyes on Me and Street Dreams, same beat. He likes Nas. I gave you power. Me and my girlfriend. Yeah. The message. Got shot, took a hot one, turned around and dropped some, caught a hot one. Somebody take this biscuit for the cops come. Like, Pac's taking that. Like, no, 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 nigga. You talking about the shit that, that, that I'm really living about. Like, when did that happen to Nas? Well, real. Ant Learn with the Super Chat says... happened to me? When did that happen to Nas? Ant Learn with the Super Chat says, I don't care much for diss songs when rappers don't say names. I don't care for subliminals. I'm with that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get it. I, I think that there's a time and a place for subliminals, right? When it's somebody that you know is clout chasing on you and you got like a real clever subliminal that only them and their people know, then it's necessary. But if we talking about, you know, everybody know what it is and everybody's waiting on your response, 
either don't respond or go all out. Inspector with the Super Chat says Pac would have just talked on a record against Eminem. And that would have been enough, honestly. Because like I said, I think he would have had enough to go on. Possibly. All right, let's go with the uh, next top five. You want to go Common or T.I.? Let's go. What do you think? T.I. T.I. I was thinking T.I. too. Swain with the Super Chat says it wouldn't have been M because Pac was close to ending Dre's career. Yeah, that would have been very difficult to launch Eminem with all that pop back and forth going. And it wasn't even back and forth. It was just pop going. Well, Pac's honest. So if Pac, yeah. okay, so Pac is like, um, Pac is like, I don't like it, so I'm going to speak on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pac is like, this is wrong. You know what I mean? That That's who Pac is. Mm-hmm. Pac is the type of person. And this is where he's sometimes dangerous, too, is that he might see something literally that's happening in the streets. Like people forget Pac really is from the streets and really about the streets. So he might see something that's happening in the streets. Go to the studio and literally put it down right there. Man. Yeah. Like right there. It's happening live. It's not happening in some sort of it's not it's not happening in Nas time where he's about to write the song for three or four hours, three, five times. Pac is going to go in off the energy and the strength of the motion. Put it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, put on the beat. You know what I'm saying? I uh, put down my verses. This nigga say the last word. Whatever the last word is, is the hook. We put on another beat. <laughs> put that shit down. And Your y'all engineers do what y'all do. Cats. It's like, your verse ain't finished. We gonna move to the next song if your verse <laughs> right. not finished. <laughs> I love it. But that's that's what I mean when I mean like he's a street dude. That's how the streets work. It's like, oh, you ain't done with that? <laughs> Give me that. Yeah. Tell me the streets don't work that way. You ain't done with that? You ain't moved that? You ain't did that yet? Um, top five T.I. albums for me. I'm going Trap Music, number one. I'm going King, number two. I'm going Urban Legend, number three. I'm going Paper Trail, number four. I struggle with number five. You want to know it's crazy? Hold on. Let me say this. And I know you're about to say this. I just want to finish the Pac point. Pac moves like a New Yorker. Yeah. He's he's the perfect guy because he's from everywhere. What? What? Yeah. We, what? We we just you know what? I'm gonna surprise you with my number five. Not to interrupt you. Go ahead. Libra scale. It's very problematic. You think the Knicks better than you think Libra scale better than the Knicks? I think he did a lot of overlooked things on Libra scale. It's a really good album. I think you're gonna have to explain yourself a little bit further. So I think Libra Scale. I think you know what. This no, is what I'm gonna say. Ti's been actually rapping at a high level for the past ten years, but people have been ignoring it because, for whatever reason, I I don't understand where Ti's musical fan base just fell off a cliff because I I kind of only think that the reality television show did that because before that it was fine. But after he got on VH1, he can, he's out here rapping his ass off and people acting like it's not happening. He stopped giving us he stopped giving us those that supported him a reason to support him in terms of his credibility. Some of that is the reality, reality TV and some of the things that he said. Let's go to the catalog, though, because the catalog okay. is really where it's at for most of these artists. So you said number one trap music, right? Yeah. And then King, correct? Correct. So I'm white with you right there. And then you went Paper Trail at three. No, correct? I went Urban Legend at three. You went Urban Legend at three. Yeah. So I'm with you right there. And you went Paper Trail four, right? Yeah. Actually, I'm with you in Lockstep one through four, actually. I just think the Nick 
is his most unheralded piece of work. I'll go back and listen. It's five songs. That's kind of cheap. Song. It's, it's only five songs. And, yeah. and it's not too often that I talk about projects like this. Mm-hmm. But the Nick is the one that made me feel like his career could live on if he would have made stuff like that and kept on going. Project Steps. Mm-hmm. Peanut Butter and Jelly with Dro and Thug. Yeah. Check Run It. Peanut Butter and Jelly's a banger, Mike. That is yeah. a banger. Check Run It's not a banger. Project Steps. I can't interest you in any of these records. So I think it's the Nick, just because when I heard the Nick, I'm like, oh, well, in small doses, he can still be just as great as he was more than any MC in this era. I want him to make eight, nine and 10 song projects, because when I heard the Nick, I'm like, no, if he can go in about twice in the year and crank out about three, four five songs like that in a few sessions more than good enough. And so I don't agree with you on the Libra, even though I get what you're saying. It's because the Libra had a lot of help. The only help that's really going on on the Nick is peanut butter and jelly, which is probably the best song on there. Great. Yeah. But the rest of the Nick is hard, man. And I'm going to go with the Nick at number five. Uh, you know what? I need to go oh, back. broadcast live. That was what I was missing. We broadcast live from the west side with a real play. And no, that's all. That's all dope. No, that you know, Ti is one of the few people on here borderline some of his best stuff to me. Ti is one of the few people that I think because he said this next album is his last album. I think Man, he has an opportunity. Nobody believes these niggas. I think he has, if this is true, right? And even if it's not true, I think he has an opportunity to make one of his best albums because his skill set is still there. And for whatever reason, like I said, the fan base has fallen off with it. I think this is more of a production thing. And, you know, and I know we talk about, I talked about, because I'm a big Pharrell Neptune's fan. When I found out the involvement of Pharrell on this Pusha T album, I was kind of like, uh... So the first time I start seeing those things and when Pharrell start hooking up with T.I. trying to do the whole album. And I think it was, it was, uh, which one was it? Was it Paper uh, Route? Something like that. And it was, they never could seem to connect when it comes to full projects. And I know that really, it seems like that really bothers Pharrell because he was, you know, him and Chad, they had the first crack at T.I. when I'm serious. And Pussy Pumper number one. And it seems like T.I.'s best combination or best producer to work with is Toon. It always has been. It always has been. And Styles I think that fights. for this new album, he needs Toon to do the whole thing. I like the stuff he does with Jazzy Faye too. I think, but I think that when he works with Jazzy Faye, it's more of a. Sneaker. I think it's more of a, a, a tribute to his versatility. You know, like he can do songs like Let's Get Away. He can do Chilling With My Bitch Today or whatever because he just has that kind of flow. But I think Toomp is the guy for him. So what what I submit to you is is that what I think T.I. needs to do is some of what Common did on Finding Forever, which is is like, well, it's obvious when you hear that he belongs with Ye for his best stuff. Yeah. Now, people are talking about mixtapes. I'm seeing people talking about In The Street series. Now, if we count that, man, Down With The Kings on my list. That's different. Down the, down with the king is going to super team most of the stuff on this list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, matter of yeah. fact, if we're, if, we're, if, we're, if I'm going to place it, I'm going to place down with the king at number three after trap music and king. Correct. 
And you probably might yeah. like it more than King. No, probably. yeah, yeah, I like it more than King. King's a better overall effort, but I like the King's attitude. A better album. King's a better polished effort, yeah. but you like Down with the King more. Now, I, I, I actually, it's crazy how we're agreeing today. The attitude to that made Titi is all over Down with the King. The guy, yeah, that's a legend. Is Down with the King? A legend on Down with the King. That's the guy that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's the guy. No, no, no. So I get what you're saying. <laughs> that's also, but Mike, that's also some ATL stuff. A lot of people are not as familiar with Down with the King. Right, 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 right. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like when you're listening to King, that's his most full piece of work. It is. For uh, everybody music to, uh, is his consume. most striking piece of work and most important piece of work. So one and two, if we're just talking musically, Down with the King at number three. But that's just like I told you. It's like, well, if we're going through Jeezy's catalog, it's like, well, if we're including the mixtapes, it's like, He's well, Trapper Die artist. One. And right. two, and then let's start with his albums. <laughs> right. Inspector says Ti is similar to Common. Tried to be too deep. Is that? Um, yeah? I, I think him and Ludacris suffered from that. I think you suffer from that in the South, is what I'm finding out. Because you want to know what the only person that's allowed to have messages down here are the people who start off with messages. Scarface, Goody Mob. It's like if you don't start off with a message, the South doesn't let you turn the page. I Even think get Outcast, up, get out. Outcast kind of yeah. got grandfathered in with get up, get out. Yeah. That opened the door for them to be able to be that, and not they, to they mention, were able like to be you flexible said, because of get up, get out, get up, get out, yeah. enabled them to be flexible. And you know, and again, that association with the Goody Mob and the fact that Goody Mob was on get up, get out really helped. No, Dre to be actually, able to be on thought process in that way. It, it actually makes you think that it's like the actual diversity that they got credit for is actually more due to Goody Mob because oh, it is. singles on there are Players Ball and Southern Playlist and Cadillac Music. That's definitely more UGK and Eight Ball and MJG. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah. Uh, Jay Short with the super chat says uh, Ti's music is flat. Uh, paint num paint. Uh, I said paint my the numbers no risk. Uh, Ethel Hill with the super chat says Eminem beat you MGK, not not alike. Kill shot and that versus no reason rap devil and bullets with no name with name. Eminem wins. Eminem's best diss could be the warning. <sighs> Only songs I know are Kill Shot. In uh, Rap Devil, and I think that Rap Devil's better than Kill Shot. I think that it took Eminem three weeks to put together Kill Shot, and it was lackluster. I mean, give me the best bars from Kill Shot. Do you know any of the bars from Kill Shot? No. Okay. Born King says Tips in the Street think. series was fire. He had the city on fire at the time. Yeah. Anybody who wasn't here doesn't quite understand what Tip was. That's Atlanta what I'm saying. Time. That, that, but yeah, he had the city on like, fire. He was the first person I saw have the city on fire. Like when I was outside enough. I wasn't outside when Cass came out originally, really. Me neither. You know what I mean? But well, I get what you're saying. No, you're right. Yeah. Him and Jeezy, like when they had the city on fire, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, he did I, it like I, three years before Jeezy, though. Like, you know what I mean? Two. Two, two or three, something like that. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what I'll tell you is that like I was super fortunate because it's like, well, I caught tips buzz. And Jeezy's buzz, and then I moved to Cali and caught Games buzz. Yeah. So it's like I knew what the shit really looked like in the streets. Like after that, it's like I knew what it meant. Like because we were young artists then too, yeah. so we're watching how these guys are moving in terms of like what their movement, their following is looking like. And it's like, man, like Tip is the one that got this shit cracking. He did. 
Because, you know, and and a lot of people, and I don't want people to feel like that we're glossing over or look overlooking ludicrous because ludicrous success was enormous. You know what I'm saying? And that was radio and and music industry. It was a little different. It was different. Yeah, built his movement in the streets. When people be talking about this street credibility stuff, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, no, 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 no. He was outside. And he did it through work, man. You could see T.I. out here performing anywhere on any given Friday, Saturday night. We put in the work. Yeah. Everywhere. His CDs was flooding. And him and and PSC would be there. Yep. I mean, thinking about that time and the work that they put in, that shit's inspiring, man. And you know what? And I'm not trying to knock anybody's movement or whatever. The Jeezy thing was more about some other stuff. The T.I. shit was about rap shit. We knew that when T.I. got on something... You about to hear this nigga rap his ass off. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I'll give you that. You know, and, and he was getting on everybody's shit and destroying no, it, too. Fair. No, 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 that's fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, top five common albums. This is going to be fun. Because this man has a lot of great albums. We were talking offline, man. I think we should end with common. You want to end with common? Okay, we can go to Yay. Yeah, we should go to That's game. hard, too, man. But you know what? For me personally. You know what? I'm not going to go me personally. I'm just going to go from what I believe, right? <laughs> I guess that's similar things. The College Dropout's number one. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy's number two. Late Registration's number three. Graduation's number four. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest, man. I listen to Pablo more than Jesus. And Pablo's number five. Born King with the Super Chat says, back then, uh, corporate was with Luda. And the streets was with Tip. PSC had the pool palace on Bankhead lit. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow Weston with the Super Chat. We appreciate that. $20 Super Chat he says, no mercy is slept on. Welcome to the world is one of... T.I.'s best intros. That is a dope intro. Go <laughs> ahead, Coop, with your uh, top five. Uh, Kanye. I still think late registration is his best piece of work, and I don't care. I'm not mad about sense. that. I'm not mad about that. When I, <clears throat> when I go to the actual songs, and I'm a song guy, like when things are close and you got classics, it's like well, give me the classic album that actually has the most classic songs. I think Late Registration has the most classic songs, and that's why I have Late Registration at number one. Mm-hmm. It has heard them say. It has touched the sky with Lupe. I think Gold Digger is probably his Gold Digger is his single. single record. I think it's Gold his best Digger single. Gold Digger is his single. I yeah, Gold Digger single. is his single. Like, when he's winning his Lifetime Achievement Award, the single to Gold Digger is going to play in the background. Right. If somebody dropped from outer space and they told me, like, you know, what song encompasses what Kanye West is, I'm playing Gold Digger. It's everything on there. Drive Slow is on there. I like Commons. uh, Roses is on there. Back Home with Common. Yeah. Or Made It Back Home. Crack Music is on there. Yeah. We Major with Nas is on there. Love that. Diamonds in Sierra Leone. I like the diamonds without Jay, and I'm not just saying that. Either way, yeah. Hold on, the uh, the the song "I'll Be Late for That." Late is on there. Mm-hmm. The joint with Cameron is on there. Yeah. 
Great. His album. most so if we're actually talking about his most classic records on all of his albums, you cannot go to any of his albums and find more classic Kanye West songs than are on late registration. And that's the only reason I have late registration number one. I know how my beautiful dark twisted fantasy plays. I know how the college dropout feels. I'm a quality guy. The most classic songs are on late registration. Late registration is a lot cleaner too. Like they're literally like 10 or 11 classic songs on late registration. That's the best piece of work. After that, I'm going to go the college dropout. After that, I'm going my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. After that, I'm going graduation. Now, after that, and I hate to say this, I don't like any of that stuff. So give me the impact of 808s. Uh, Mad Max with the super chat. I'm, Mad Max is younger, so I'm interested to hear his take. He says, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy at one, the life of Pablo at two, late registration at three, graduation at four, college dropout at five. That's wild, man. Mike. Like, same albums as I, but in totally different orders. This is, okay, so have the conversation about who he means to different generations right quick while I let my dog out upstairs. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Reggie with the Super Chat says, Mike, what do you guys think about uh, Coast Contra? Have you guys checked out the latest freestyle? I saw somebody sent that to us on According to Hip Hop on DJ Cosmic Kev's Come Up Show. Haven't checked it out yet, but definitely going to check it out. Um, I think that's very interesting that Life of Pablo is two um, and that the college dropout is five. I think for me, college dropout being number one, and I think you guys saw it on that Netflix uh, documentary of the footage that Kuda Love had. I just feel like it's one of those albums that it just could never be made again. It was a moment and it's one of those rare moments where so much stuff aligned. And it had so much soul behind it, passion behind it. And you it doesn't it has those intangibles that we talk about where it's not even a technical thing. And the fact that, you know, he made it under duress. He made it when budgets were gone and he didn't have a budget. He pieced it together. He did things that were unorthodox, that were unproven to work. Not to mention Through the Wire just being one of those records where he literally made the song, the first single, with his mouth wired shut. It's just so many things that can never be redone that are on College Dropout that I have to put it number one. I just feel like it's one of those albums that not only changed the game, it was his entry into the, in, uh, into the game as well. I don't think any of these other albums, he could have entered the game and had that same impact if they would have went first. It's so important. Like, it's not just important to him. It's just important overall. And it has those classic records as well. It does so much that I just think it has to be number one. It can't be duplicated. We never heard a record like a slow jam. We didn't. We never heard a record like a... um, uh, uh, through the wire and it wasn't because you know the technicalities of it it was just nobody had the balls to make Jesus walks you know what I'm saying like it's different and nobody had the balls to approach rap music in the way that he was approaching it on that album either you know we don't care what people say I mean that's a statement to start off the album from the jump 
And not to mention the collaborations on there. He was pairing people together that we never heard together, never even thought to hear together. I, I got to give it number one for that, man. And, and no, like I'm I, with you. Like, 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 like I was I saying when I, you walked away, I think that, you know, even the Netflix no, Genius documentary. I could hear you. Yeah. No, I could hear you even yeah. when I was upstairs because, like, the, the front door is, like, right above where I'm at in the basement. So it's like I could still hear you talking. So I agree with all those things. That's why I was like, if you want to talk about the feel, you want to talk about the moment, you want to talk about the importance. It's just hard. It's hard to line some of that stuff up to the stuff that's on um, late registration song-wise when you get into the nuance of things. That's all I'm saying. You it's feel one of I'm those saying? things, and you're right. And I agree. I think that for a long time, late registration was my personal favorite because from a technical standpoint, he was just better. He was just a better it's artist. It's just better technically production, yeah. rhyme-wise and beat-wise and structure-wise. It's just better, yeah. I think it's one of those rare moments, though, when the person got better but didn't necessarily make the better album. So so this is for the people who love it was written more than it was Illmatic. Right, I understand right. them because I love late re registration more than I love the college dropout. People are like, but it don't feel like the college dropout. I'm like, no, but he's better. And the songs are better. And the execution's better. But there's, it's comparable. It's not like it's not close. It's like when I'm saying there's like 10, 11 classic songs on that registration, well, there's like eight or nine on the college dropout. Well, I, I was going to say, I agree with you in the sense where, you know, he's better, but I don't think this is the same thing as the Illmatic. It was written because the songs on Illmatic are just better than the songs on It Was Written. Now, I will I, okay. agree with you. Those late registration songs, but, heard them but, say, but the reason comparable. that the reason that the songs on the college dropout compete are kind of similar to Omatic because some of the themes are timeless. Exactly. We don't care what people say. All falls down. All falls down is better won't. than heard him say to me. Hold on, what? All falls down is better than heard him say to me. Okay, see, we would have to do we don't care versus heard him say though. That's so not that's a draw to me. I was thinking that maybe you would have to do like Gold Digger versus Slow Jams. I think Gold Digger's the better record, right? Gold Digger's the better record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max of the Super Chat says, um, I just love uh, The Life of Pablo because it's his best production. That's just my personal uh, one. College Dropout has too many skits. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, um, one of the only off people, uh, I'm sorry, one only off how people wrote him off and how he put it together. Yeah, I think that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was his moment of saying, you know what, I did 808s and Heartbreaks. But I can make what y'all want me to make, you know what I'm saying, in a whim. He said that. He was like, he made my beautiful dark twisted fantasy because that's what people wanted to hear from him. And he was able to do that in spades. He doesn't really love the album. Uh, Jay Short said... Hold on, so, so I don't love it like that either because there are points of that album where I feel like he could do better and that is the album... How about this? The help doesn't feel as organic on there. The help feels more necessary to take it to the heights. It's like, no, he needed Raekwon and Cuddy on Gorgeous to take my, it to those heights. My disappointments with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy were the fact that I heard the songs that were recorded around those sessions and they didn't make the album. Chain yeah. Heavy being one of them. Chain Heavy. My, right. um, my, uh, my mama's boyfriend is another one. These are brilliant records that didn't make this album. The joy I heard during those sessions, and they ended up putting that on Watch the Throne or whatever. Like, he had some crazy records that if they would have been on this album 
and he would have taken off stuff that, uh, you know, towards the end of that album or like blame game and stuff, this would have been flawless. I mean, people already think it is, but I think that I feel differently because I heard the stuff that wasn't on there. Uh, Jay Short says, Dark Twisted Fantasy, people still talk about um, who have the best verses on um, the best songs on that album. Those features were A+, outside of Jay, who was a B+. You know, Jay did kind of give a B-minus effort on Monster. Okay, on Monster. He's not B-minus on Soul Paul. No, no, no. Soul Paul, he's Jay-Z. Everybody's on their A-game on Soul Paul. Yeah, he's Jay-Z on Soul Paul. No, no. Mad no, Max everybody, says everybody is who they who we thought they were on Saul Paul. I think Mad Max changed up his order. He said late registration is my second favorite after um uh Life of Pablo. Ant Learn with Super Chat says that you can't go wrong with either the college dropout or late registration, but I'll go with the college dropout for me. Uh Ethan Hill says, Coop, don't say let's have an intelligent debate and act like Eminem wasn't barred up on ki- barring him up on kill shot. That's just not true. <laughs> I didn't say he didn't What's bar next? him up. What's next? Luca isn't any record. good. I don't love the record. Just because you bar somebody up doesn't mean I love the record. Listen, kill shot was <laughs> underwhelming, man. Like, especially since the fact that he made us wait three weeks for it. Y'all remember when Rap Devil came out. He did a video for it and everything. Yeah. MGK, I'm talking about, and everybody's like, "Oh man!" I've been man. out the chat today. I'm gonna have to jump in and attack yeah. Mike. Mike is the one that doesn't. Like yeah, I was the one that said that. But no, but when um, <laughs> when Rap got not Rap guy, Rap Devil came out, had a video for it and everything, and I remember looking on the threads. People was like, "Yo, man, his career is over. Eminem's about to end him, man. It's a wrap for him. He done messed up now." Okay. Days went by, still waiting. Week went by. I said, man, Eminem's cooking up something, boy. It's about to be crazy. He better watch out for his career. Two weeks go by. We're like, huh? It might not be coming. And then by the third week, Kill Shot finally comes. It does all these streaming numbers and stuff, but, you know, that stuff could be manufactured too. But it's like, yeah, this is all right. And fast forward. MGK is out here with, um, you know, one of the hottest chicks in the game. He's still doing his thing in music. He switched genres a bit, but he doesn't seem like his career is over. He just, um, <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, he survived for lack of a better term. Um, I mean, so even when people bring that up, it's like, well, how do you like your hip hop aesthetic? Like Yellow Wolf did a project with DJ Muggs. We're not talking about him. We're talking about Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean about how it's like, well, some of the notoriety still moves the meter because we're talking about MGK and Eminem right now when Yellow Wolf's the one that dropped the project with Muggs last year. So he's the one that's more in the hip hop sphere. Why are we not talking about Yellow Wolf? You see how the names do kind of run the conversation still? Yeah. Vanguardian just, TV just, with the super I'm just chat. Devil's says, advocate. I'm just providing devil's advocate stuff. I'm not like siding either way. Vanguardian TV with the super chat says Nas Live. Now, I guess Nas Live. Now was a lyrical masterpiece. Also, live message. Now? On Streets Disciple? Message to the Feds. Message to the Feds is a classic. Here we go um, with this again. Okay. Here we go with this again. Here we go with the delusions again, Mike. <laughs> Streets Disciple's not like that. I want to talk about my beautiful dark sister fantasy, you know, because I, I know it really resonates with a certain generation. And I feel like the way that Kanye structured that album 
he was opening that door for everybody who was coming next to get that run. From Nikki's verse, I mean, we could even say Pusha T's resurgence as a soloist kind of started there too. With uh, his start as a soloist, his yeah. start as a soloist. Yeah, yeah, straight up. With him being on Runaway, incredible verse, by the way. I think lyrically, when we talk about Runaway and the song and the 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 content on it and the way that they lyrically wrote that and where Pusha took that, I think that was super dope. Not to mention his verse on So Paul. So boom, he's That's launched the there. Nikki's launched there. Ross has an epic verse there, and I think his career took a turn after that too. So I could understand the aesthetic, and not to mention Kid Cudi. I can understand people holding that album of a certain era very high because it set a bar high in a whole new decade. Because what was that, 2010? It was the bar setter for the 2010s. So this album, although I don't consider it to be late registration of the college dropout, this album has much of any album for us ever, as much as any album for its era, is a tone setter the and a pace setter yeah. and a trend setter. Let's just stay with the guest appearances right quick. This is Nikki's defining moments and most credible artist has a most credible moment as an MC. As an MC, this is Nicki Minaj's most credible moment is on Monster. This is when people start checking for her as an MC on another level. As in like, oh, no, no, no. She's with the big boys. Ross is coming out versus on here on Devil in a Blue Dress. This is when he started getting more respect as an MC. New dress, but yes. Devil in a New Dress, sorry. I was thinking about the actual movie. But yes, yeah. where, where he kind of took the title from, Devil in a New that, Dress. Yeah. Okay? This is also a reminder of what certain people can do. Raekwon on Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z on So Appalled. The Coming Out Party on here, Pusha T's two verses on Runaway and on So Appalled. And Sahai he has as well. the best verse on coming, So Appalled. Coming Out Party for Sahai too on So Appalled. I was about to say, Sahai closed up one of the best posse cut records ever as well as yeah. you... He closed up So Appalled to the level that Big Daddy Kane closed up the symphony. It's like that. It's memorable. The performances on here, Mike, are epic. Yeah. That's without talking about Yay. Yeah. That's without talking about a song like Power. That's without talking about Power. Yeah. Or the intro. That's without all of the lights with Rihanna. We ain't bought up Rihanna on all of the lights. Yeah. Everybody's we ain't bought up the right. intro that Nikki did the intro to, too. Yeah. We ain't talking about Rizza chanting at the end of So Appalled. You know, yeah. Like there, there's moment upon moment and song upon song on here. Runaway is a classic. It is power, a classic. Soul Paul, monster, classic. Gorgeous, classic. You know Yeezy what? I also love. Me. How about I this? love hell of a life too. Yeezy taught me is part of black culture. It's not even the name of the fucking song. Yeezy taught me. <laughs> Chris Rock's part, huh? Yeah. yeah. Is that not part of black culture? Yeah. You don't be seeing Yeezy taught me on a hashtag sometime when Yay pop up? Yeah. Right. So this album, as much as this is what I mean, classics aren't just about the music. It's about the moment. It's about what you do with the moment. It's about what it means. It's about how it moves it forward. I prefer Good Kid Mad City 
but I'm listening to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy first. And I think it's more important. I think it's better. I think the highlights are higher. Those are the two seminal albums around that time for the era. Mm -hmm. But it's my beautiful dark twisted fantasy for all those things that I listed. It's very much when you talk about the guest appearances on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, it's very purple tapish, Mike. I was going to say, you'd be very hard pressed, especially in like uh, the modern era, to find an album with those impactful guest appearances like purple that. tapish i told you it's like a modern day purple tape of guest appearances it's like well they got all the artists and all the artists did their best when they showed up how often does yeah. that happen well that happened on the purple tape you know kanye that normally gets the best, best out of that's artists that's shit yeah i'm gonna put the t fan i'm telling you oh any way you want to slice it the so appalled verse is a top five to seven verse because mm. he's explaining everything who he is that verse great Success is what you make it. Take it how it come. A half a million twenties like a billion where I'm from. An arrogant drug dealer, the legend I become. CNN said I'd be dead by 21. Blackjack, literary devices. Blackjack, I just <laughs> pulled an ace. You looking at the king in his face. Oh, you want to talk about some entendres and some literary devices? I, I love when Pusha gets said? on that shit. Yeah. yeah. Everything I do. Everything I dream, motherfucker, I'm watching it take shape. While to you, I'm just a young, rich nigga that lacks faith. Rained rove, leather roof, love war, fuck a truce. Still lay a bed, <laughs> still lay an egg like I'm in bed with, like I'm in bed with Mother Goose. I was like, good night. I was like, somebody yeah. cut this nigga off. He on fire. Right. Somebody cut this nigga off. NBA Jam. NBA Jam. He must know Ho just came on. <laughs> he must have heard Ho verse. Like. He must have yeah. heard Jay and Jay verse, and it's like, yo, he's like, oh, oh, it's game time? You put me in the game? Yeah. Let's go. Because ain't nobody showed up like that on a record where Kanye and Jay came first. Yo, find me four more Pusha T verses better than that one. You said top five. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'll tell you my favorite yeah. part. I keep the city's best. Never said she, she was, was the brightest. brightest. So if you had a two, it don't affect me in the slightest. I never met a bitch that didn't lead a little guidance. So I dismiss her past until she disappoints your highness. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I was like, so we're so we're on the pimp talk on this verse now, too. It's like, so we're doing player he talk. He did everything on there. He did everything on there. There's dope boy talk. There's like drug dealer anonymous talk on there. There's player talk on there. There's unsuccessful rapper talk on there. Michael Williams with the Super Chat yeah, says, uh, the fact that Kanye made um, college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreaks, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in a six year window is one of the greatest achievements in hip hop history. I'm with that. Not to mention he may be in that window as well. That's no and finding, and finding forever. forever. <laughs> and finding forever because we're about to talk about finding forever in a minute. Because yeah. here's why I wanted to go with common last. You see how we were on that fifth Kanye album, or how we were on that fourth and fifth Eminem album. And T.I. Being that T.I. Five is hard. Well, let me tell you something for as much as, and this is where I want Common to go last, because here's my hot take. Common's catalog's better than Ye's. And it's mostly because of Ye. Ye helped close Common's deal. Yeah. Common's got a top five-ish catalog. Finding yeah. Forever is a classic rap album. Inspector, Finding Forever is a classic. Inspector says... Um, uh, LWFC and Late Registration are the most masterful hip-hop albums. Uh, let's see. Andrew, hold on, hold on. I got another super chat here. 
Andrew with the super chat says, my top five. I think he says, yay albums in no order. Yeezus, 808s and Heartbreaks, Graduation, uh, My Beautiful Doctors, Fantasy, and Pablo. Been watching y'all for a while. As a 22-year-old, I really enjoy y'all content. Really appreciate y'all. Much love. Many blessings. Appreciate that, Andrew. We appreciate you. Um, and again, I think it's very interesting that what young the younger audience doesn't name the college dropout. It was one of those albums where you had to be Jesus. Yeah, I'm telling you, Jesus is held high. I think that it's one of those things. Like when I was younger, I would listen to the Beatles and I would hear everything people said about the Beatles and be like, "Man, this shit ain't that great." But it's one of those things where you had to be there. I think that College Dropout has become one of those albums because Kanye has taken his sound so many places and so far and meant so many things to so many different generations. You had to be there for that first one to understand it or hold it high. I don't want to say understand it, but to hold it high. Because I think that the lack of technical excellence is why it's not held with those other ones. Some of the things that you were speaking about, because Cliff clearly he's the least experienced artist on that album, even on albums like Yeezus, even if it sonically doesn't line up, he's more comfortable because he's a seasoned artist at this point. Uh, Ethan Hill with the Super Chat says MGK EP flopped after Rap Devil. Stop it. Y'all are still you're still on that one, Ethan. We're, we're on to something else, man. We let it go. Yeah, we let it go. Um, I got another super chat I want to get to. I think you were about to say something. Jay Short says, So appalled was the last great posse cut. Hmm. I can't think of one more recent. I would say maybe uh Six Train. Was that Six Train? Yeah. ASAP Rocky, where he uh had Kendrick on there, had um uh Joey on there, Big Crick closed it out. I think Yellow Wolf was on there. Um who am I missing, guys? Oh, I, was it Action Bronson? Was it? Anyway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a like. I don't have a clear cut answer. My memory is not like firing on that record. Just to be honest. <laughs> okay. Nah, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm not no. joking. I'm not even being shady. Like it's really not. If I was recalling like offhand, I would. Let's go to Common though. Let's. For the people that think I hate on Common, I'm a huge fan. We're about to give him some credit right now. As, well, well deserved. My number one common album is B. My number two. It's funny how this changed over the years. It's like water for chocolate. <laughs> yeah, my number two is like water for chocolate. Mm-hmm. My number three is one day it'll all make sense. Because it's so close to Finding Forever. Number four is Finding Forever. And number five is Resurrection. Which is closely followed by Dreamer Believer and, um, you know, Black America again. He has a really good catalog. So let's unpack your list. And, you know, I love Electric Circus on a personal note. But I'm, I'm realistic. So you have B, Like Water. One day it all makes sense. One day, uh-huh. uh huh. Find it forever. Find it. And the dreamer believer. And the dreamer believer. 
No resurrection. No, no, I'm sorry. Resurrection. Dreamer Believer would be my number six. Yeah. Resurrection's okay. number five. Okay. So we have the same five, but a different order. You know who this usually happens with? Nas and Jay. Yep. Yeah. That's where his catalog is, actually. I was actually thinking it's like, well, who's got five albums like that? Yeah. And it's like, well, immediately I thought Nas, Jay, Scarface, Ghostface. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, what Scarface and Ghostface fifth best album look like? Because here's what I'll tell you. I got B at number one, Mm -hmm. like you. I got like water for chocolate at number two, like you. We're flipped on the one day it'll all make sense in the Finding Forever. I got Finding Forever at number three. I think Finding Forever actually might be. Finding Forever might be a classic and one of hip hop's most unheralded great albums, actually. Mike. I think because of when it came out, possibly. When it came out B. and also because it's not as good as B. Yeah. B is one of the best rap albums ever. So I'm going Finding Forever at number three. And one day it'll all make sense at number four and resurrection at number five as well. But what I will tell you is, is that like, well, if you have resurrection and I have resurrection at number five, well, show me Ghostface and Scarface fifth best album. Cause I don't think it's better than resurrection. Mike, I don't. Yeah. You know, no, I love those fair. guys more than I love common, but we're here to be honest and to be objective. Yeah. Right. His catalog's crazy. And so, album for album, you know what I mean? So here's what I thought of offhand. Well, it's like with Scarface. Well, I know the diary and the fix off top. Yeah. I'm thinking the untouchable is going to be up there. The first one, Mr. Scarface is back is going to be I up there. I love that album. And most people do. It's a classic. But once again, we're at four. What's Scarface's fifth best album? Okay. And is it better than Red Resurrection? Because I was thinking like, well, is that my homies? It's hmm. like, oh, well, my homies isn't better than Resurrection. No. Is Deeply Rooted better than Resurrection? No. No. Emeritus or Made? I love those albums, but no. I love those albums, but are they better than Resurrection? Because Let me get to the Super Chat real know. quick. Uh, Joshua Stone says, uh, what's better? What's the better run? RZA with the 36 Chambers to Wu-Tang Forever or Kanye from Dropout to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? RZA. Next. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm talking about. He I mean, I don't know, man. B's in there, man. So it's like you got B and Find the Forever in there. Um and then you got all of Kanye's solo stuff. So no, I'm, okay, so like you're talking about top twenty rap albums versus top forty rap albums though. That's I don't what I'm know, saying. Man. It's not as easy open and shut cases, you know, we're making it seem. Now I get it, Liquid Swords, no uh, only built for Cuban Links and into the thirty six. Well, that's the end of the discussion, Mike. Whatever, Those were the no. words I was going to say. It's like, well, well, the, well not when you got well, college dropout, late registration B. Then you got, you know, like you said, uh, finding forever. Then you got graduation. Then you got eight oh eights, and then you got my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I'm just saying, it's not enough, Mike. Those projects, those three projects alone, are enough to carry Rizzo because it's like, well, you don't have anything better than that, or in the closest thing that you have to it. It's, like, how about this? If you were to tell me 
that the college dropout is better than liquid swords. You're talking about importance. You're not talking about quality. Where? Like, all right, look, forget Kanye. Let's talk about B. Where do, you, where do you place B in all of that mix when it comes to the Wu-Tang efforts? Okay, so... The Wu-Tang efforts that are in that that time frame, where do you place B? Okay, so B would be the fourth best album. So it's See, not better than Enter the Wu-Tang. It's not better than The Purple Tape. It's not better than Liquid Swords, but I do think it's better than Iron Man. If you and believe I do think that, it's better than Return to the Thirty Six Chambers. If you believe that, that's the problem. When we talk about Common's consistent catalog, it's like I get it when you said that Resurrections Five, and not a lot of people have a better fifth album than that. But when his best album falls in that place, that's kind of no. The there's nothing. I mean, no. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I mean. Is is like, well, how about this? I don't have B too far behind reasonable doubt and that's jay's best album like i have reasonable doubt is like a top 20 to 30 rap album which is where i have b so i could say the same thing about jay except for nobody would say that about jay I so it's b like i'm not really so i'm not knocking him when i say that it's like people understand it's really hard to make illmatic in life after death in donkey style it's like super fucking hard unless you have like i don't know an army of mcs like the wu-tang clan mike it's hard so it's, it's like I have J and, and I have reasonable doubt and B in comparable zones. So it's not outside of the realm. Is is B better than the blueprint? Yes. I think so. Actually, if I if I actually have it ranked, I probably have if we're doing top 20 rap albums of all time, I probably have reasonable doubt like 19, 20, 21. Be but this like, is the thing. And, and oh, if somebody said that the blueprint was better than B, I could understand because you got songs like You Don't Know, Song Cry, you got songs that you know, <coughs> home runs, the, uh, you know, Heart of the City. I have reasonable doubt, like 20-ish. B would be 25-ish. Well, the blueprint is 30-ish. So if you told me that you prefer blueprint to the B, well, it's like we're only going about five or six slots back. Okay. And so the drop-off, what I would tell you is, is that, well, Jay has... Reasonable Doubt, and The Blueprint. Well, that's two top 40 albums easy. Nas has Illmatic and it was written. Well, that's two top 40 albums easy. Common has B. He only has one type of one. You feel me? But the other, but the, but the, when you go to the other four, it's like when you start looking at the other solo artists, it's like, well, I'm going to tell you what. Outside of Ghost with Iron Man and Supreme Clientele, nobody really has it like that outside of Jay and Nas, except for when you want to go to Big with his two joints. Or Ice Cube, you feel what I'm saying? It's like so. It's rare, rare air where you make two albums that are really top fifty albums. Like literally, it's Snoop Dogg, Nas, Jay, Ice Cube. Ethan Hill says, "Moved on, really." The Eminem disrespect is crazy. Yo, you see that? Uh, that that no, Jeopardy? It's not. Y'all are crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna address that. You see that Jeopardy clip where? Uh, you know, the lady was asked a question that was clearly, you know, public enemy was the answer. She said, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I saw she that said, too. Marky Mark. Somebody Very said, good. you know, that's how Eminem, and, uh, Eminem fans answer hip hop questions. It's cool, Eminem fans. Like, you know, show everybody that you're able to go on to other hip hop conversations. We can't talk about Eminem the whole three hours. You, you have to have yeah, yeah. more of get- a vast hip hop palette than that. We're talking about right. Common. We're talking about Kanye. We're talking about T.I. Eminem was the first person we covered, right? Could they not uh, chime in on these parts of the conversations? 
I mean, we, got, we is, gotta we gotta advance our palate, Eminem fans. It's okay. I mean, no, this is this is what I mean. Like, see, when you let people into the barbecue, there's an entitlement that comes with it. So I'm not gonna speak. I bet you the demographic of the people that are making these comments that won't stop. I bet you they don't come from where I come from. I bet you they don't come from where you come from. You get what I'm saying? So they come in here and they try to audit things for their man. Like it's not gonna play well in here. What I need you all to do is to let Eminem go. And start talking about Ti and Commons catalog. If yeah, you're not privy to Ti and Commons catalog because the only rap that you really listen to is Eminem, well then be quiet and take notes and learn something. You might actually find somebody new who you like. So what I'm going to offer you is the opportunity for those of you who support Eminem so much is to actually spread your wings and listen to other great artists right now who yeah. we're talking about. Because we're talking about some really great music that was made. Yeah. Now let me ask you this though, um, Supreme clientele. And I don't know if this is too a far off subject, but I Even feel like I feel like the the best albums of the early two thousands for me, Supreme Clientele, B, and probably the Blueprint in that order. And Get Rich or Die Trying would be right there too. I think that the Blueprint's better than Get Rich or Die Trying to me. Correct, personally. But it's um, right there. So I was going to ask you, what is the better album between Supreme Clientele and B? The Supreme Clientele. I think so, too. Is Supreme Clientele better than Reasonable Doubt? Yes, it is. I have Supreme I Clientele so as a top 15 rap album all time. Specifically, how about this? You know how I feel about Liquid Swords? I have Supreme Clientele slotted one slot ahead of Liquid Swords because I understand in modern day times what that album really is and what it really means. I think Supreme Clientele is the best Supreme Clientele is the best rap album of the last 22 years, Mike. I think so, too. I told you when I heard The Pimp of Butterfly, and I've said this on the show before, my first reaction was like, this is the best hip-hop album I've heard since uh, Supreme Clientele. You're and right. With, and with that being the barometer, great. we don't talk about Supreme Clientele enough. Well, So, I, yeah, I've never heard it talked about in the terms of it being better than Reasonable Doubt, but in my mind... It is. It is. It is. And it's I know that we first hold... of all, production wise, it's blowing reasonable doubt out the way. Oh, no, now that I agree wise, with you've been very critical on reasonable doubts production. I don't sweeper. totally agree with that, but yeah, you're right about that one. Supreme Clientel. sweeper on the production of reasonable doubt. Blow! The yeah. block is clear. I mean, right? from Nutmeg to one to Ghost mm-hmm. D- I love Ghost Dini. You don't love Ghost Dini like I do, but yeah. Not like you do. I think oh, the problem with Ghost Dini is the fact that there's an original that didn't make the album. And a lot of people heard the original. We're talking about some literary devices? Man. Woo Banger 101. You want some literary devices, go to Woo Banger 101. Can I interest Mighty you in Hell Buck 50? Buck 50. We made it. Malcolm? Shay Shay LaGos? Yeah. Apollo Kids? Apollo Kids is one of the weakest songs on this album. <laughs> That's crazy. Insane, when, the fuck is a Ray and, when the fuck has a Ray and Ghost Perry been the weaker point of an album? Because this is the only time that it happens. It's yeah. on Supreme Clientele. That's what I tell people. It's like, you want to know how great Supreme Clientele is? Apollo Kids is an afterthought. It's the first single. And it was the first thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And it was the first single. It's one of the first five songs on there. And it's a great song. It's a great song. Uh, Try Me with the Super Chat says, uh, Pearl character holding his belly, laughing out loud. Um, I think that was a, you know what, that, that, was a that was a sticker that was sent. 
That was the description of the sticker. Unknown Name says, how do y'all feel about Ghost saying that he was just putting words together on Supreme Clientele? You know what? Those are some things that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys. I never wanted to know, man. Like, that really crushed a lot of my uh, childhood dreams right there, man. I don't, I don't totally believe some of that either. I don't want to believe it. If a person says that, I guess I'm inclined to believe it, like, you know, but yeah, I don't want to believe it either. Ghosts would never want. Okay. So like, cause I made sense of it. too. It's like, I want you to tell you something, you know, somebody who's never really broken down their rhymes or their rhyme schemes or why they rhyme the way they do or how they work with Ray and ghost. Like yeah. never. Yeah. So when he's like, Oh, I just thought of something. It's like, Oh no, no, no. Easy way out. Yeah, it's kind of like Jay telling us he just woke up at 4.44 a.m. and wrote the song. Right. And that's why the out. Yeah. You're, you're not getting into that chamber. You're yeah. not getting I'm not the giving you that information. Process. Yeah. I'm not giving you. So yeah. when he said that, it's like, oh, you're just not giving up the thought process to it because there's uh-huh. a thought process to it. I agree so, with that because it sounded like it made too much sense. We at the Wee Gate waiting for Jake. We want eight ravioli bags. No, no, no. He's speaking in euphemism and alliteration. and co- No, he's yeah. speaking. He talking in code. They talking code specially. Because even the way that he started off uh, Mighty Healthy. Um, damn, what did he say? How did Mighty Healthy start off? Um, you mean? Cowboy Rusty Rap. No. Hammer Game Trusty. I don't know. How's it? Oh, man. They heard Mighty Healthy. No, you know how it's at the tip of your tongue. LP with the super chat says the kids with the most knowledge will attain the touch top dollars. Ghostini is fire. Hold me down. Hand me my cake. Dusty Baker activate. Fuck your corny debates. I'm like, wait, yeah. Uh, still don't think it's better than reasonable doubt though. Y'all tripping. I actually no, do. We said both hands clusty, chilling yeah. with my man Rusty. Low yeah. damn blew off the burner, kind of dusty. It makes That's sense. He's talking like, about no, no, old no, no, dirty. No, 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 yeah, both hands crusty, chilling with my man Rusty. Low down, blew off the burner, kind of dusty. The world can't touch ghosts. Purple tape. Ray co-host. Money. Yeah, intellect. Your tech bro. Uh, I was like, uh, wow, sounds like a, thought I was Michael and rest. Uh, uh, I'm on the spot. LP with the super chat West Brighton says, pool, now I'm into iron duels. Has yeah. in duel of the iron mic exactly. off liquid floors. This breakdown. Don't tell me he's not thinking. That's what I'm saying. Don't tell me it don't mean like he's talking about I'm in the iron duels. Has in duel of the iron mic off liquid swords. You got to catch these guys when they be talking. They don't just be saying nothing. LP says Jurassic plastic bag booby trap. He was high as fuck. You want a tab off of me? <laughs> Bung, bung, bung. Your head went wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Stapleton, where the ambulance don't come. Great album. Okay. You know what my favorite part of the Supreme Clientele is actually on there? Where he's like, shut up. Before you get your little thick ass tossed up. <laughs> <laughs> Not the, uh, the Dragonfly Jones reference. <laughs> I love it. I was just watching Dragonfly Jones. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Last of a Dying Breed is Scarface's Dark Horse. There but, we go. Uh, that I would be the fifth one. I agree. Okay. <clears throat> I'll take Last of a Dying Breed over Emeritus and Maid and, and Deeply Rooted. I don't take it over Resurrection. Though. But I don't take it over Resurrection. And so that's what I'm saying is that <clears throat> I was actually about to say... <clears throat> 
Common might have the best top five catalog outside of Nas, Jay-Z, and maybe KRS-One. What say you if we put KRS? Because you keep the BDP yeah. and KRS-One And I think catalog. we should keep the BDP stuff. Right. So we have Criminal Minded, By Any Means Necessary, The Blueprint, Edutainment, and Return of the Boom Bap or KRS-One. What do you prefer? Hmm. I actually prefer KRS-One because it has all year. MCs act like they don't know hmm. and rappers are in danger on there. I think the truth is on there too. Say yeah, all the those again. Huh? Say all those. Freeman B is on KRS-One album too. Mm-hmm. It's a good album. Return of the Boom Bap's got Black Cop. Sound <laughs> of the, of the Police. Yeah. I'm a blunt getting smoked and I can't wake up. Mm. Yeah. The L one hundred says, uh, "I'm going to I'm I'm going see now or did did y'all say that get rich or die trying is better than the blueprint? No, I said the blueprint's no, better than get rich or die trying, better, but it's in the wheelhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. wheelhouse. So no. that's what I'm saying. So that's so listen to what I'm saying. That's where Cam- Commons catalog is. Commons catalog is like, well, you got to talk about it's very KRS one ish, right? Huh? It's very KRS ish, right? It is. I don't think it's Nas or Jay's catalog because the high-end classics aren't as high because he just has beat. But the consistency guys, is there, though. I think his five are more consistent because Jay's five off top would be uh, Reasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, Black Album. Then you're kind of going to go... You're gonna in go my American opinion, Gangster, I'm going volume two, American Gangster. I think you're going American Gangster. And if you, and depending on where you want to go, if you want hit-making, Jay, volume two. Uh-huh. You want 97 ho, you go volume one. Yeah. Volume so you want one. the rounds or you want the hits? Volume one's Where? not resurrection. But those five, but the, yeah. but that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. Even Jay, it's like the great ones, the really great ones, it's like, well, you get to that four and then that fifth one, it's like, um, just like we're doing with Jay. Commons mm-hmm. five is solid and going into his sixth and seventh, it's very KRS one like. So what I would tell you is that he might have as a solo MC top five catalog because you can sit him right next to Jay, Nas, KRS-One, Ghostface, and Scarface, and those would be my top five catalog guys. Because Nas so, is uh, Illmatic, it was written, Stillmatic. Boss Tapes. Possible. We're not, no, we're not We're not doing that. We're not doing that. The album hadn't even been out for a year. You're not so going to put Magic there? No, hadn't been out for a year. <laughs> KD2. On December but even 24th, if you know, even on, if those are the things that we are on doing, September on September of this year, we'll have a conversation about where KD two is in Nas's catalog after it actually survives a year. Can we let it survive a year? Those are strong mm-hmm. albums, though. When it's December twenty fourth of this year, we'll discuss Magic, where we're going to slide it into Nas's top five albums. Right now, seeing how those albums aren't even a year old each, <laughs> respectively, and we're going to be fair and objective here. Illmatic, it was written, Stillmatic, Lost Tapes, Godson. Which I still think is better than everybody else's stuff. If you want to put Magic and KD2 in at six and seven, you can do that, but we're not putting nothing that hadn't been out in a year in the top five of anybody's catalog. You know, I'm not a huge Godson movie. fan like that. Huh? I'm not a huge Godson fan like that. It has made you look and get down, get over it. I love those records. But Book of Rhymes with whole, Alchemist? It's cool. I like Book of Rhymes. Mastermind? It's cool. You don't want to try to clown me for not liking I Can like that. How do you feel about uh-huh. I Can? I Can, 
You know what, man? Me and you worked at Dave and Buster's back then, actually. They used to play that shit over and over and over and over. I I can't knock I can in a vacuum, but yeah, I just got tired of that record. I'm gonna tell you what my real problem. It's two problems on Godson. One is the cross produced by Eminem because the rhymes on there are dope. That beat is terrible. Oh, you know. Second part is zone out because the zone out beat is actually dope. The zone out beat's actually dope, but he put the Brave Hearts on there again as if he didn't learn from Brave Heart Party on Still Matter. <laughs> It's go? always the brave hearts. What do you think about life is good being over Godson? You don't think that? Some people in the chat are saying that. No? You want to know what? I, here we go. I'm going to give people something. You want to know what? I've been actually doing some life is good listening lately. If you feel like life is good, good is better than Godson, I'm not going to argue with you anymore about it. It's just, and it's just really, really this, Mike. Get down. It made you look, literally blow everything on life is good out the water. So it's hard. But objectively, as a project from beginning to end, having listened to it beginning to end for the first time in a long time, life is good is pretty great. If you want to put it ahead of God's time, I'm okay with it. You understand there's no made you look or get down on there, though, right? But I think that the thing about life is good and what makes life is good so appealing is the fact that it was one of the first mainstream Artists in hip hop's attempt at making some grown man hip hop. Well, no, it's grown up. Yeah. When he we, on the intro, the no introduction, he even talked. Who wasn't the most faithful husband? I'm like, oh, rappers don't talk like this. Yeah. You know, not people who are trying to get the top spot, right? You know what I'm no. saying? Like it was, it was always. And again, somebody could put in the chat again. People like Talib, Most Common, Black Thought. They've always talked like this. Hold but, on, didn't know I did do stuff on Life Is Good. Uh huh. That's my problem with Life is Good is really the production. I just prefer the production on Godson. Actually, I thought Salah and Alchemist and them did a better job with the beats. I think when, when Nas and Salam really connect, they knock it out the park. The Don. Yeah. Nas Don, Nas Don, Nas Don. Like, Nas is spitting on there. Yeah, when they connect, it's crazy. See, I like it. Salah gets Nas to spit. That's what I will say. Mm-hmm. Straight he gets up. Nas to rap rap. He does do that. He brings out the rapper in Nas. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Commons catalog is right there, man. Like, it's right, right there. Like, you can sit. So, I mean, what we got for Ghost? Hold on. What's Ghost's best albums? Iron Man, Supreme. I mean, Supreme. Hold on. So, just real quick, because we went through Scarface. So, what's Scarface's five best albums? We know The Diary, The Fix. I think The Untouchable. Mr. Scarface is back. Yep. We would go Last of a Dying Breed over Emeritus Made and Deeply Rooted, right? Yep. So that's his five. Is that better than Common's five? I don't think so. Me neither. It's close, though. Think... It's close. Let's go I mean, to Ghostface. I think is Ghost... close at this point. Actually, when we're having this conversation, Ghost might be the one losing in this because I thought, well, you got Supreme. I got Supreme. I got Iron Man. And Iron I've Man. got um, Pretty Tony LP is my third. I can't do that. Bulletproof Wallace is my fourth. And, um, Why don't you like Fish Scale, Mike? Fish Scale is going to be five. Ghost, ghost shit might be better because it's like I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not big on the Pretty Tony album like you are. I got I'm like you. I got Supreme, then I got Iron Man, but after that I actually got Fish Scale, and then I got Bulletproof. 
I don't love the Pretty Tony album at number five. The Pretty Tony album at number five is definitely not better than Resurrection to me. How about this? Yeah. Those last three Ghost albums, mm -hmm. those last three Ghost albums aren't better than Resurrection to me. Like Fishcale's not better than Resurrection. Yeah. Pretty Tony album's not better than Resurrection. Is that fair? Bulletproof, maybe. But the top two are killing the top oh, the two. The top two are just... Uh, Michael That's Williams what I'm saying. So, hold on. so this is what I'm saying. So it's like, well, if Supreme, Supreme's a top 15 rap album. Mm -hmm. B's a top 25 rap album. Well, it's like, well, Lock Water for Chocolate and Iron Man are in the same realm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Williams says, uh, Life is Good is the pinnacle of grown man sophisticated rap. It's the blueprint for 444. Pun intended. No, it's, it's not the blueprint for 444. I'm going to tell you something that Uncle Fram always uh, that just brought up to me recently. We don't have to slight Jay to give Nas his props. It's not just the blueprint to 444. It's actually just the blueprint to modern day grown up, grown man rap. It's yeah. not just Jay thing. So we got to stop referencing it and contextualizing it directly in relationship to Jay. It's like, no, no, no. Life is good. I always told people it's like when I heard the blueprint three and life is good. I was like, oh, I was like, this is what grown ass men sound like rapping. And they're pulling it off well. Like it was boring before. They made it unboring. Yeah. You know? But they got interesting lives too, and they're great. Uh Damian it's Jones fine. says, Coop trust. Roses and nasty are better than get down. No, they're not. It's fucking absurd that you would say that. <laughs> Unknown name says Scarface's The World Is Yours album is great. It is. No, the world is yours, the second one, the one with Let Me Roll. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, the LW 100 says it's not Nas was spitting pure emotion on God's son. Dance is a pock level emotion. What? I actually don't love dance that much. I love heaven though. If heaven was a mile away, the yeah. ending. Oh yeah, heaven's dope. Man, let's get up out of here, man. Um, we we covered a lot. I think we hit everything on the list. Let's say we got everything. Yeah, we like three and a half hours in. Well, get ready oh, for wanna, the fourth. Um, you know, we said we need to start ending it with giving people the opportunity to send some uh, final thoughts in via Super Chat about anything that they felt like we didn't cover that we need to cover. Okay. We want to start opening that up right quick, and then we'll fade to black. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, we're going to just do a Super Chat rundown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just if anybody has anything that they feel like that we needed to cover that we didn't cover. Okay. We just want to start leaving the stage open. One of our... One of the followers actually said, like, hey, like, when y'all get done talking, y'all need to start leaving the floor open to Super Chats just for whatever anybody wants to talk about to wrap up the show. I just stepped in the comments for the first time. I see somebody, Ice Cube got five better. Like I said, Ice Cube would probably be the guy. Ice Cube doesn't have five better. So here's what I'm going to tell you. And here's why Cube's not in this conversation, because Cube's fifth best album is probably going to be War and Peace Volume 1. Five and is I don't difficult that. to get to. Five is difficult to get to because yeah. he's got America's Most. He's got Death Certificate. He's got Kill at Will. He's got The Predator. And then Pauls. And even with right. that being said, man, with five being so difficult to get to, we got to give Kendrick Lamar his props. No, I've, I've always Straight told up. you, the conversations that Kendrick is in, he's not in there as a lyricist. Like, noticed when we were talking about Lupe, I didn't reference Kendrick at all. Okay. Yeah. I did reference Black Thought in the Jizza and Nas and Rakim. So I hope people understand 
like who Kendrick is like lyrically, even though he's so lyrically inclined, there are levels to this, even all time levels to this. He's always been in the all time conversation about his album making. And I told you he needed to make another great album to validate his tenure or lack thereof. Kill It Will is an EP. It still counts the same way T.I. is the Nick cost. Kill It Will is longer than like half the rap albums that get made today. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just in the chat for the first time, so I'm seeing what Ethan had to say about Kill It Will as an EP. But do you understand what I'm saying when I'm kind of like breaking it down in that manner? Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, I love Q. Mike loves Q more than I do. Ooh, Mike, today in Atlanta while I'm riding the Stone Mountain, real nigga roll call came on, put that thing on repeat like four times. That's some of Cube's best stuff. I was actually thinking about it. I'm like, hold on. Going I'm in. like, this is top 20 Cube verse stuff right here. This one of his 20 best verses is in verses on Real Nigga Roll Call. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a friend, nigga. Use a pretend, nigga. Smiling grin, nigga. I hate a false, mm-hmm. nigga. Diana Ross, nigga. So if you lost, nigga, come meet the boss, nigga. <laughs> Like, Cube was like, going in. Like, oh, he sound good over the little John shit. It's pretty gangster. Accident well, murderers is not greater than get down. Get to that last uh, uh, super chat by Jay Short and let's get out of here. With that, right. with that crazy Jay Short says accident murder greater than get down. Rick Ross's verse is the words in a uh, the world's an addiction. I like the world's an addiction with Anthony Hamilton. It's not better than get down. All right, well, we're gonna get down and get up out of here, and y'all have a. Happy Fourth and all that. Get some barbecue. Or we gonna holler at y'all. Man, he said I went. I went with some Crips down to a Crenshaw funeral. <laughs> <laughs>